The Ford F-150 truck drives smart design forward. The standard 12-inch productivity screen helps you get what you need done too. And the available Pro-Access tailgate improves access to bed and cargo and utilization of the bed, including when towing a trailer. Together with a wider bumper step, it's easier to access the bed and load in tight spaces. An available Pro Power onboard serves as a mobile power source, providing up to 7.2 kilowatts of power to charge a bed full of electric dirt bikes or run an entire job site worth of tools. I'm still driving my 2016 F-150 truck and 90,000 miles in. As long as I keep it clean, it honestly still looks brand new. I've taken it down snow-covered forest service roads, taken it out camping, put a ton of miles on it on the freeway, had five adults in the cabin for long trips, and it's been great everywhere. Super dependable. I still love the way it looks, nice and rugged design, but with a super comfortable interior. And I'm still very happy with the quality sound system and heated seats. And since I bought my 2016 F-150 truck, the list of standard amenities that make a truck feel like a luxury vehicle have only grown. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Was Beyonce replaced by a clone after she supposedly died in 2010? What about Avril Lavigne or Megan Fox? Was Eminem killed by the Illuminati and replaced with a clone that used him to spread their secret messages around the world? According to some people on the internet, yes. Obviously, yes. According to every scientist on Earth with a firm or really even a loose understanding of the current capabilities and limitations of cloning technology, absolutely not. Literally impossible. Despite a complete lack of scientific support, there are numerous theories that hold that certain celebrities at some point were either taken out or accidentally killed. And then rather than lose the revenue from their superstardom, the shady people in charge of them who would often use their Illuminati wealth and power to build their careers up in the first place replaced these famous entertainers with a perfect replica to make sure the gravy train kept running. And how did certain folks on the internet figure out these clonings had occurred? The smoking gun was that the celebrities looked different over a period of many years. Some people have spent countless hours poring over pictures of these celebrities taken before and after they were replaced to prove, definitively prove that they are now clones. They're positive they can see changes. Things like different nose shapes, different haircuts, maybe a difference in overall weight that mean these celebrities are clones. Can't just be that sometimes people's appearances change with cosmetic surgery and the normal aging process. Nope, that's exactly what the Illuminati wants you to believe. And of course the Illuminati is involved. Some speculate they have entire underground bunkers full of clones that they sometimes torture, other times forced to write and record hit music that's later released by the supposed human artists we know and love. Yes, even the clone artists, songwriters are also clones. These are some of the claims we are exploring today. We'll also look into whether or not a, a cloning a fully formed adult human is even possible. When will it be possible, if ever? According to one guy who claims he was born in an Illuminati torture base, yes. You bet your sweet, possibly also clone ass, this is all possible. Welcome to today's third eyes wide open, dark side of showbiz. Are you really even you, or do the Illuminati get you to edition of Time Suck? This is Michael McDonald, and you're listening to Time Suck. 
Happy Monday, Meat Sacks. I'm Dan Cummins, Suckmaster, Illuminati Celebrity Clone Center Songwriter Division Torture Instructor, Deadwatch Founder, Mark Twitchell's Screenwriting Partner, Whipple Marketing Director, and you are listening to Time Suck. Hail Nimrod, hail Lucifina, praise good boy Bojangles, and glory be to Triple M. A couple quick announcements and then show. Had a blast in Cleveland, thanks to all the Time Suckers who came out to hilarities. The staff loved you, so did I. One of the best weekends they'd had there in a while, and I feel like I'm 90% back to my old self on stage. Working on new material, and it feels very good to be a comic again. Uh, Guess and I had fun hoping in Texas the week before this episode drops. Off to Helium in Portland this weekend, August 26th to 28th. Philadelphia, September 9th to 11th at the Punchline. The Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio, September 24th, 25th. Cobbs in San Francisco, October 8th and 9th. New date just added outside Seattle. Angel the Wind Casino in Arlington uh, coming up in November. More dates and tickets at uh, ticket links at dancummins.tv. Uh, Street team stickers are gone. Holy shit. All 500 sticker packs gone in under a minute. Sorry to those who didn't get a pack. We'll have a lot more made for next year. We were pleasantly shocked. Hail Nimrod and have fun with those. Also new time suck wall flags in the store now. Turn a rec room into your own suck dungeon. Small, medium, and large. uh, 36 by 26, 60 by 50, 80 by 68. Inches, of course. That would be insane if that was feet. I'll put these on skyscrapers. Uh, another quick reminder that our charity of the month is the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. Proud to donate $15,000 from Patreon. Thanks in large part to our space lizards. Go to wffoundation.org to learn more. Now let's hop into a nice mix of science and wackadoodlery. It is Celebrity Clone O'Clock. Wake up, sheeple. Allow me to read you some cloning truth a.k.a. a few of the five-star reviews for Empowerment by Virtue of Golden Truth, Human Cloning by Donald Marshall. Clone Believer Rich says, good red pill reading, worth every penny, spooky facts and story. Anonymous Kindle customer says, the most important disclosure of the enslavement of the human race. Read this book. You need to know what's been done and what's being done. And Mr. Review says, excellent book that deals not only with cloning, but with many other evil technologies that are in existence, in this day and age, and lots more. Oh man, the book's author, Donald Marshall, believes that cloning is very real, Meat Sacks. Celebrities have been cloned. He has been cloned. Many believe he and others when it comes to wild claims of hidden Illuminati cloning centers. Uh, we'll spend a lot of time uh, a lot of time today going over the very interesting claims of Donnie in the back half of this episode. Oh boy. Uh, cloning is definitely real, just maybe not in the way Donald thinks it is. We talked a bit about cloning here in the Suck First way back in 2017, episode 33, uh, the designer babies episode, when I gave a variety of listeners brain aneurysms, pronouncing uh, genome as genome roughly a thousand times. Uh, cloning has been an object of scientific interest to doctors, physicians, and researchers for a long time. Broadly speaking, cloning is a technique scientists use to make an exact genetic copy of a living organism. And a clone is, by definition, an organism or cell or a group of organisms or cells produced asexually from one ancestor or stock to which they are genetically identical. Genes, cells, tissues, even whole animals can all be cloned, have all been cloned. Some clones exist, uh, you know, naturally in nature. For example, single-celled organisms like bacteria make exact copies of themselves each time they asexually reproduce. Fucking Illuminati single-cell bacteria. That's where the Illuminati's hiding. We have to look smaller. 
The closest thing that humans have to clones without the intervention of a science is identical twins who aren't really clones, though. There's two very, very similar organisms. Humans aren't the only creatures to have uh, identical twins, actually, too. Dogs, cattle, randomly armadillos, a few other creatures also can sometimes have identical twins. And the twins share almost the exact same genes. Identical twins are created when a fertilized egg splits in two. In a study of 381 pairs of identical twins and two sets of identical triplets, published earlier this year in 2021 in the scientific journal Nature Genetics found that only 38 were genetically identical. Uh, also, even when the twin, twins, excuse me, began off uh, as being uh, genetically identical, they differ more and more as time goes on, thanks to DNA replication errors. DNA replication errors during cell division cause identical twins, aka, uh, oh boy, monozygotic, <laughs> there we go, monozygotic twins to diverge from each other even during the earliest stages of development. And because of this, no identical twins are truly 100% identical. So in the realm of the human species, at least, nature isn't producing any actual clones. They're not exact, 100% exact copies. Human scientists, however, have been making clones in recent decades, just not human clones. Uh, they often clone genes in order to study, better understand them, to clone a gene. Researchers take DNA from a living creature, insert it into a carrier, like bacteria or yeast. Then every time the carrier reproduces, a new copy of the gene is also made. But even here, uh, due again to primarily errors in DNA replication, the copy is not always exactly the same as the original. For example, the first cat to be cloned, named CC, was a female calico cat that looked quite a bit different from her mother self. And she didn't look different just because of replication errors. For example, the color, the color and pattern of the cat's coat is uh, not attributed exclusively to genes. An interesting biological phenomenon involving inactivation of the X chromosome in every cell of the female cat which has two X chromosomes, actually determines which coat color genes are switched off and which are switched on. The distribution of X inactivation, according to research so far, seems to occur randomly, and that determines the color of the coat. So maybe eventually we'll figure out how to genetically replicate an organism and also figure out how to control biological phenomena like chromosome inactivation as well. Not there yet. And there are more complications that would turn this episode into some kind of doctoral lecture given by a guy without a degree in science, uh, which probably nobody needs to hear. But the examples above clearly illustrate that real-life cloning is more complicated than sci-fi movies make it seem. So why have cats been cloned anyway? Is there some kind of cat shortage out there? No. No, actually, I'm pretty sure cats are uh, about as far as an animal can get from being endangered. They seem to be thriving, from what I can tell. Can't remember hearing any PSAs begging people to stop spaying and neutering your cats anymore. Please stop listening to Bob Barker. The price of right is wrong. Uh, did you know Bob Barker is only 62 years old, by the way? that doesn't sound right to you, it's because it's not right. He's 97 and he looks great for 97, which just means he's still alive. If you make it to 97, you automatically look great for 97. Anyway, why have cats been cloned? Mainly to learn more about the process of cloning so that maybe someday we can clone humans and also treat human ailments with some type of cloning. At the end of the day, scientific pursuits are almost always about us, aren't they? Even when we try and save endangered species, doesn't the motivation seem to be uh, mainly that future humans can also see these creatures? Uh, most research into cloning currently falls into two categories, therapeutic and reproductive cloning. Reproductive cloning is the one that, that really seems to scare people. Uh, for today's episode, we're going to look into both of these clone categories. Then we'll look into how some celebrities have, you know, definitely dabbled in some odd DNA manipulation like cloning their pets. Then we'll get into some theories about who may currently be a clone. No theories exist to, to my knowledge about Gary Busey being a clone, but maybe there should be. Maybe they cloned old Gare Bear too many times and the copy started to get a little wonky. A little watered down. Just throwing that out there. Same for Corey Feldman, right? They cloned him right on out of Hollywood, pretty much. 
child actor, real Corey Feldman, OG Feldman, Stand By Me, Lost Boys, License to Drive, Gremlins, Goonies, fantastic acting by a, a real original person. Guy who's just kept making music absolutely no one wants to hear for the last 25 years, clone. Chock fucking full of DNA replication errors. Clone of a clone of a clone of a clone. That's why his music keeps getting worse. Check out his most recent track. That was a little bit of rock and revolution. Corey released it earlier this year in January, and I wish I was kidding. He will not be stopped. He will also probably never start taking actual music lessons. After having a lot of fun with clone theories with celebrities, then we're going to get into a timeline of major achievements in cloning. And along the way, we'll catch up with some celebrities and, of course, the Illuminati, as well as a bunch of wackadoodle whistleblowers who claim to have some very interesting stories about their time spent in cloning facilities. Well, basically one whistleblower. Donald Marshall. Holy shit. Now wait for you to meet Donnie. But first, let's learn about therapeutic cloning. Uh, therapeutic cloning, as you may already know, involves taking one super hot nurse and turning her into a small army of lingerie-wearing, very horny hot nurses so you can heal while also living out a variety of super fun sexual fantasies. Hail Safina! No, sadly, no. No, therapeutic cloning involves removing the nucleus of an egg cell, replacing it with the material from the nucleus of a somatic cell, such as a skin cell, and stimulating this cell to begin dividing. Important to note that this egg cell is never fertilized by sperm, which changes the ethical considerations quite a bit, I think. This is not some type of cloned human life on any level. This has nothing to do with an actual fetus, abortion, none of that. It's an egg cell, the kind flushed out in women's periods every month, manipulated without fertilization to produce stem cells, which can be extracted five to six days after the egg cell has been altered. These stem cells, or these specialized cells derived from them, will be a genetic match to the patient. Therefore, the promise of SNC... SCNT, somatic cell nuclear transfer, is that the patient's body would accept these cells after transplantation. SCNT has nothing to do with sexual reproduction. It's a research technique to create cells that can be used to treat diseases such as Parkinson's disease, uh, diabetes, ALS, etc. The sole purpose of this technology is to address currently unmet medical needs. To date, there's no evidence that any actual human embryos have been produced for therapeutic cloning. Or so they would have us believe! Uh, the richest source of embryonic stem cells is tissue formed during the first five days after the egg has started to divide. At this stage of development, called the uh, blastocyst, the embryo consists of a cluster of about 100 cells that can become uh, any cell type. Stem cells are harvested from cloned embryos at this stage of development, resulting in destruction of the embryo while it is still in the test tube. Researchers hope to use embryonic stem cells, which have the unique ability to generate virtually all types of cells in an organism to grow healthy tissues in the laboratory, they can be used to replace injured or diseased tissues. There is tremendous medical potential with therapeutic cloning. I mean, the possibilities are fucking wild. Stem cells have the capacity to proliferate and to differentiate into relatively mature cells of various types. In theory, stem cells can be used to grow you a new heart, a new set of lungs, new liver, etc. Embryonic stem cells can become any organ in the body. Doesn't look like stem cells can cure cancer, but stem cell transplants are already being used to replace like, you know, bone marrow cells that have been destroyed by cancer or destroyed by the chemo and or radiation used to treat the cancer. Again, so much potential to, to, uh, to create tissue, your body won't reject because it's been cloned to be your tissue. Very exciting, medically speaking. That is therapeutic cloning. And then there's the other, far more controversial, way more sci-fi movie kind. When people are talking about cloning celebrities, they're talking about reproductive cloning. Reproductive cloning is the process of making a full living copy of an organism. 
and it has been done. Cue evil scientist music. Reproductive cloning of animal, uh, you know, animals transplants nuclei from body cells into eggs that have had their nucleus removed. That egg is then stimulated to divide using an electrical charge and is implanted into a uterus where it can gestate to full term and ideally actually being born a clone or actually be born a clone. Uh, reproductive cloning has been a very inefficient technique thus far, if you believe dirty, rotten, scheming scientists. Uh, for a long time, many cloned animal embryos simply just could not develop into healthy individuals. Researchers kept observing a variety of adverse effects in sheep and other, manimal, and other mammals, I tried to say manimal, uh, that were reproductively cloned. These effects include an increase in birth size, a variety of defects in vital organs, such as the liver, brain, and heart. Other consequences include premature aging and problems with the immune system. Then there was the problem of the relative age of the clone cell's chromosomes. As cells go through their normal rounds of division, the tips of the chromosomes called telomeres, they shrink. And over time, the telomeres can become so short that the cell can no longer divide and consequently the cell will die. I wonder how are Corey Feldman's telomeres doing right now? Not good, I think. I think he's dealing with some serious, you know, fucking telomere damage. Some fucked up telomeres. I feel like they're on their last legs. Take the streets. Wow. He sounds like me singing here on Time Suck, except I'm self-aware enough to know that it's not good. Thank God I have, you know, all my original telomeres. Uh, the telomere shrinkage is part of the natural aging process, uh, seems to happen in all cell types. With clones created from a cell taken from an adult, there was a thought for a while that they might start off with chromosomes that are already shorter than normal, right? They're little, they start with some old-ass chromosomes, which means that the clone cells would have much shorter lifespans. The copy would not be as crisp as the original. However, a new study actually says that cloning does not make for shorter lifespans, so maybe shrinkage is not a problem. The research also knew. Uh, to detect subtle signs of aging in 13 sheep clones a few years ago, scientists conducted a battery test to check for symptoms of heart disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoarthritis, and they found that everything was in the realm of normal. Uh, similar evidence disproving premature aging in cloned animals previously found in mice and cows. So some of the fears people have over cloning might not be legitimate are not legitimate. Uh, the study of sheep confirms that once cloned animals survive the first few years of life, they won't die any sooner than any other animals. So maybe there's hope for the copies after all. Maybe we need to look further than telomere shrinkage to find out what the fuck is going on right here. We need a rockin revolution. So why clone? Why make clone sheep or any other animal? There are lots of potential benefits to cloning. For example, Scottish researchers have cloned sheep that have been genetically modified to produce milk that contains a human protein essential for blood clotting. The hope is that someday this protein can be purified for the milk and given to humans whose blood doesn't clot properly to heal their blood. Another possible use of cloned animals is for testing new drugs and treatment strategies. The great advantage of using cloned animals for drug testing is that since they are all genetically identical or, you know, very close to identical, their responses to the drugs should be uniform rather than variable as seen in animals with different genetic makeups. You know, clones make a damn near perfect control group. Another application is to create clones to build populations of endangered, possibly even extinct species or animals. If there are not enough animals left to mate back into a thriving community, clones could potentially save a species. In 2001, uh, researchers produced the first clone of an endangered species, a type of Asian ox known as a guar. Studied the baby guar, which uh, had developed inside a surrogate cow mother, died just a few days after birth. In 2003, another endangered type of ox called the Banteg was successfully cloned. Soon after, three African wildcats were cloned using frozen embryos as a source of DNA. Although some experts think cloning can save many species that would otherwise disappear, others argue that cloning produces a population of genetically identical individuals that lack the genetic variability necessary for species survival. Too much inbreeding. 
Bad for people, bad for animals. Other animals. Now let's talk about celebrity cloning. There's a variety of celebrity cloning theories all over the web. A lot of different opinions that all have celebrities and cloning in common. The reasons for cloning these celebrities range from them being, you know, willing Illuminati agents to the more mundane concept of sunk costs. That is, a celebrity's untimely death or otherwise inability to keep performing is costing some powerful people a lot of money. People who've invested a lot of money and time in these celebrities. They want to return on that investment, so they replace them with a clone to keep making that money. Maybe I should clone myself a few times. Maybe, maybe I can make one clone that works only on Scared to Death, another clone that works here on Time Suck, another clone that does As We Dumb, tours with stand-up, and then I, OG DC, get to hang out with the fam, read books in the hammock, get a lot of massages, work on crafting the perfect cocktail, spend a lot of time in the hot tub, have a ton of sex, maybe get really into fly fishing, probably play a shit ton of Call of Duty. And if any of my clones start slacking, holy shit, will I fucking beat my ass. I will punch me right in my fucking face if that's what it takes to get me motivated. So what has led many of these celebrity clone conspiracists into stumbling upon cloning truths? Mostly cultural celebrity obsession. That's why we're here. We live in a society where people love, some people love to obsess over the lives of celebrities. A lot of people. Think of the tabloid to the checkout stand, right at the grocery store, the pharmacy. Think of the massive social media followings of celebrities, uh, the reality shows that delve into their personal lives, the stalkers who get arrested for convincing themselves they know these celebrities are destined to be with them. It's not enough for many just to enjoy someone's music or appreciate their work as an actress, uh, you know, find them attractive as a model, etc. They want to know what they eat for fucking breakfast, who they're dating, how the relationship's going, how well they're getting along with their parents. They want leaked sex tapes. They want to know what they look like naked, what, the, what sounds they make when they fuck. They want to know everything. A lot of people pay super close attention to their favorite celebrities. And some of these people are fucking crazy. And then when uh, suddenly the celebrity doesn't look or behave like the person who thought they, uh, you know, who knew the, the person who thought they knew them so well thinks they should, you know, look or behave, they get really suspicious. Instead of blaming the change or changes on natural aging, p- uh, natural personality ev- evolution over time, you know, cosmetic surgery, you know, people's opinions, interests, behavior do not remain fixed and unchanging from birth to death. That would be insane if they didn't. Uh, These theorists point to a very different reason for all these changes. They've obviously been cloned. It's not the same person anymore. That's not the person I know. That's not the Megan Fox I know. That's her clone. Nice try, Illuminati. You're not sneaking that shit past old Eagle Eye. No rational person believes these clone theories because scientists have not cloned, cloned a human being yet, though. Unless they're all lying. Or unless a small rogue group of scientists has gotten, you know, way more advanced than all the other scientists and are not telling anyone. It would be so difficult to produce a viable human clone, especially one magically the same as the original, magically the same age. It's also ethical concerns just about cloning humans. Like, what does it mean to be human? What would be the legal status of a human created by cloning? I would think it would be the same as anyone else. I mean, we certainly give full legal rights to babies conceived by IVF. Pretty weird if we didn't. Back in the cage, test tube. No one wants your soulless, artificial ass running amok doing God knows what since you're an abomination. But some people who confuse real life with sci-fi movies like The Island think that clones would not be legally protected. Maybe some group of second-class citizens, the ruling elite would sexually abuse, torture, and organ harvest, or organ harvest, excuse me, all willy-nilly. I think that's a pretty irrational concern. Uh, some people think this is already happening. Again, can't wait for you to meet Donnie Marshall. Uh, other people think that the ethical issues surrounded by cloning are overhyped and just nonsensical. A British evolutionary biologist, author, noted critic of religion, Richard Dawkins, has been quoted as saying, anybody who objects to cloning on principle has to answer to all the identical twins in the world who might be insulted by the thought that there is something offensive about their very existence. Clones are simply identical twins. In a sense, he is not wrong. However, at the same time, a clone is absolutely not an ordinary human. 
Unlike an embryo, a cloned organism is not the result of fertilization of an egg by, by sperm. It is a new type of biological entity never before seen in nature. Right? Identical twins have two parents. Uh, and that's a huge part of why the very concept of cloning just freaks a lot of people the fuck out. The nature of cloning humans conflicts with long-standing religious beliefs, particularly Abrahamic religious beliefs regarding human creation. If a new human is essentially made by man and not by God, what does that mean in regards to the concept of its soul? Did a creator God give humans the intellectual ability that God knew would lead humankind to creating clones, and thus the clone is in this way created by God and still has a soul? Or is the clone some new soulless creation of science, and thus by its very nature, not of God, which many will interpret as by default then being of the devil? Right? Gets, gets people worked up. Cloning also poses a new dilemma in regards to and societal uh, values placed on human life. And there are concerns about possibly infringing upon principles of individual freedom, identity, and autonomy. What if something went wrong with the clone? What if the research needed to be disposed of? Is that ethical? Would terminating a faulty clone fetus pose the same ethical dilemma as an abortion? Would terminating an adult clone be the same as murder? Also, many who believe that human life begins at conception regard activated eggs as morally equivalent to fertilized human embryos, and they cannot ethically approve of therapeutic cloning research because to them, regardless of the lack of fertilization, regardless of the egg literally not having a heartbeat or brain at all, harvesting the egg for stem cells is murder. I don't see how they get there exactly, but that's what they believe. Uh, there are also those who question you know, if uh, whether or not it's morally right to seek human eggs for scientific research. In each of her monthly cycles, a woman usually produces, you know, one or two mature eggs. To increase that to a number that can be used in research, she must be given stimulatory medication, such as uh, the medication used in reproductive IVF procedures. In rare cases, these drugs can provoke hyperstimulation syndrome that can lead to liver damage, kidney failure, or stroke. The surgery to retrieve the eggs also carries risks, such as dangers of general anesthesia, bleeding. Is it ethical to subject a woman to these risks for research purposes? What about the person whose cells are being cloned? Would they have the right at any point to ask that their cells no longer be replicated? What ownership would they have, if any, in their genetic lineage? Is it okay to murder Corey Feldman and replace him with a slightly inferior clone over and over at least a thousand times? So many fucking questions. What is going on in that song? Uh, what's not a question, though, is that to date... Again, that we know of, despite the wild theories and claims we'll cover soon, there have been no clones made of humans. Made of humans. Uh, from a technical perspective, while possible, truly cloning humans and other primates is a lot more difficult than in other mammals. And we'll talk later, a primate has been cloned. Uh, one reason is that two proteins essential to cell division, known as spindle proteins, are located very close to the chromosomes in primate eggs. Makes it a lot harder. You know, because consequently, when attempting removal of the egg's nucleus to make room for the donor nucleus, very difficult to not also remove the spindle proteins, interfering with cell division. In other mammals like cats, rabbits, mice, the two spindle proteins are spread throughout the egg. So removal of the egg's nucleus does not result in a loss of spindle proteins. Fucking spindle proteins. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Spindle proteins, too spindly. Uh, in addition, some dyes and ultraviolet light used to remove the egg's nucleus can damage the more sensitive primate cells and prevent them from growing. We're very complex and in some ways very fragile mammals. We're like a new fully loaded car with all the bells and whistles, power everything, so many buttons, big touchscreen, so many submenus, so many options to make driving a better and more customizable experience, but also a lot more shit that can go wrong with, uh, you know, higher mammals like primates. Now, putting all this science mumbo jumbo about uh, how it's not possible aside, let's really now get into celebrity cloning. There actually is a real legitimate link between celebrities, specifically very wealthy celebrities and cloning that is well-established. 
Some celebrities have for sure dabbled in cloning. They just haven't cloned themselves that we know of. Let's, let's talk about Babs. Barbara Streisand made some headlines a few years ago when she dabbled in cloning. Do you know that Barbara Streisand is one of the highest selling female recording artists of all time? Roughly 150 million albums sold. She's had 11 albums hit number one on the Billboard chart. 11! I always forget how truly successful she is. One of the most commercially successful recording artists in the history of recorded music. She's had albums go platinum in the U.S. in six fucking decades. In the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and the first two decades of this uh, century. Not to mention uh, platinum albums in so many other countries during that time frame. Babs truly is a boss bitch. She's also won a ton of awards and acclaim for her acting work in film, television, and theater. She made her major debut in the Broadway show, I Can Get It For You Wholesale, in 1962. Won the New York Drama Critics Award, received a Tony nomination. She's won two Academy Awards, and well, you get it. I could go on and on. Her resume of major achievements reads like a damn novel. And in 2018, Streisand raised a lot of eyebrows with the announcement that she had her beloved dog, Samantha, cloned following the pooch's demise the previous year and now is enjoying the company of two new clone puppies. And then she made headlines again and raised a lot more eyebrows when one of those puppies basically disintegrated in Central Park. Her dog walker was taken Miss Violet and Miss Scarlet, then six months old, for a walk when Miss Scarlet started to shake, then violently shake, then essentially, there's no video, I guess she kind of melted. I don't know how else to say it. Her muscles and bones separated at the cellular level, uh, turned into some kind of sludge, and not to be a dick, uh, basically turned into kind of like a, like a puppy puddle. And then she slid into the sewer gate, and legend has it reformed bigger, faster, stronger than before with the ability to talk uh, like an English, walk upright. She joined a band of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, trained by a talking rat. Now she fights crime, eats a bunch of pizza or something. I don't have all the details. No one's still on board with that nonsense, are they? Now that all, the, the shaking and disintegrating didn't happen. Uh, back to reality. Before her original, uh, Cotan de Tulliar died in 2017. That's a real dog breed. Sounds like something on a French menu to me. Um, cells were taken from the dog's mouth and stomach. Babs made the decision to do this after she was apparently very impressed with another friend's clone dog. And then the new dogs, the clone dogs, Miss Violet and Miss Scarlet, have different personalities, Miss Star Mrs. Streisand told Variety, or Miss Streisand. Uh, I'm waiting for them to get older so I can see if they have her brown eyes and her seriousness. I don't know why this thing said it called her Ms. I thought it'd be Mrs. because she's married to James Brolin. At least I thought she was. Uh, the news, not surprisingly, drew the disapproval of animal rights group PETA in a statement to page six on Tuesday when this came out in 2017. This uh, article I'm referring to, PETA President Ingrid Newkirk said, we all want our beloved dogs to live forever. But while it may sound like a good idea, cloning doesn't achieve that. Instead, it creates a new and different dog who has only the physical characteristics of the original. Animals' personalities, quirks, the very essence of them simply cannot be replicated. And when you consider that millions of wonderful adoptable dogs are languishing in animal shelters every year, you're dying in terrifying ways when abandoned, you realize that cloning adds to the homeless animal population crisis. And because cloning has a high failure rate, many dogs are caged and tormented for every birth that actually occurs. So that's not fair to them, despite the best intentions. We feel Barbara's grief at losing her beloved dog, but would also love to have talked to her out of cloning. Uh, kind of a bummer that real clones are actually not carbon copies of the original, right? That is the sci-fi shit. Hiccups and continual DNA replication changes things. Also, the same genes can express themselves differently as demonstrated via the genotype-phenotype distinction. Going back again to twins, identical twins share the same genotype since their genomes are identical, or genomes, I oh got almost said it again. <laughs> genomes are, but they never have the same phenotype. 
The organism's uh, um, actual observed properties, such as morphology, development, behavior, although their phenotypes may be very similar. Uh, this, is why this is why close relations can tell identical twins apart, even though others might not be able to see subtle differences. Identical twins uh, also never have the same fingerprints, which I find interesting, ever. So they're not actually fully physically identical. You cannot, as far as we know, currently at least, exactly replicate something. If you don't care what Peter thinks about cloning and you still want to clone your dog, I do have some good news. Uh, you don't have to be famous to get it done. You just have to have $50,000. It's a wee bit more than the going rate for getting a dog from a shelter or a breeder. Let's see how they arrive at this number. Uh, South Korean researchers announced that they had cloned a dog for the first time in 2005. After almost three years of work, more than 1,000 eggs, uh, with help from a yellow Labrador retriever who served as the surrogate mother, a cloned male Afghan hound named Snuppy was born. Snuppy stood for Seoul National University Puppy. And to create Snuppy, it took more than 100 borrowed wombs and more than 1,000 embryos. That's what Peter was talking about. Yikes. A lot of uh, Snuppy puppy fuck-ups before they got Snuppy. A lot of mutants and miscarriages. Uh, unsurprisingly, you know, and this, uh, this drew criticism from animal rights circles. Ethicist and dog expert Jessica Pierce said, surrogate cloned pet mothers are a little bit like the handmaid's tale. It's a canine version of reproductive machines. Yeah. Too late for my little ding-dong doodles to become little canine handmaids. They've both been spayed. No under his eye, Penny Pooper. May the Lord open, Gigi. Blessed be the fruit, you two little fluffy weasels. Uh, by 2008, despite outcry from a variety of academics, animal rights activists, and just random concerned citizens, a California company partnered with a South Korean lab and made plans to auction off chances to clone five dogs. Later that year, the New York Times reported that the first three puppies from the group had been born in South Korea. Two 2015 reports from Business Insider and NPR detailed the work of Som Biotech, a lab in South Korea, and said the lab on its own had cloned more than a, more than 600 dogs by 2015. So in biotech was charging about 100,000 to uh, attempt this process. Then some free market competition drove the price down. Viagen Pets, a company based in Texas, started charging 50,000 for cloning your dog or 1,600 to merely preserve your pet's genes. If you decided to take the plunge with Viagen, the process cost 35,000 for a cat, 50 for a dog, 1,000, you know, 85,000 for a horse. A representative of uh, Viagen Pets said, the first most crucial step is storing the DNA of your pet via our genetic preservation service. A veterinarian will take a four millimeter skin biopsy from the belly area of your pet. The procedure is very similar to having a mole removed on a human body. We culture the skin samples re resulting in living cells, all of which contain 100% of the DNA of your pet, and they can be frozen indefinitely. Reports and information on Viagen's website suggest the cloning process generally takes about 60 days. Biogen's president, Blake Russell, owns a stallion cloned from the DNA of a racehorse champion. Is the clone stallion winning any races? Does not seem to be. Taylor fit the original one 20 of his 40 career races, finished second 11 times, third once, retired with uh, 1.3 million in career earnings. Pure Taylor fit the clone is not one shit. Clones again, not exact replicas. Uh, in addition to Babs, fashion designer Diane von Furstenberg and her husband, Barry Diller. I like how different their names are. Diane von Furstenberg. Sounds very fancy. Barry Diller does not. Uh, they paid $100,000 to have their Jack Russell Terrier Shannon clone in 2016. A Korean company cloned Shannon's DNA and two new puppy clones were created. Dina and Evita, clone dogs. Simon Cowell, the British TV personality, right? Longtime host of American Idol, America's Got Talent. Dude who often comes across, in my opinion, like a world-class prick. Uh, maybe the next wealthy celebrity to clone their dog. He confirmed a few years ago that he's interested in cloning his Yorkshire Terriers, Squiddly Diddly and Freddy. Speaking in 2018 to The Sun in the UK, Kyle said, I'm 100% cloning the dogs, all of them. 
We've thoroughly looked into it, got all the details, and I can prove to you I'm going to clone them. There is documentation. Even seems like a fucking dick in print, right? <laughs> Just the way he talks. Yes, we're cloning our dogs, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it, is there? Think you can stop me? Try it. Try and fucking stop me. Clone my dogs. All of you arrested. All of you killed. Then I'll, I'll have you cloned. Just so I can kill you again, you fucking twat. Don't fuck with me. Next interview, please. Uh, another way celebrities have publicized cloning has been uh, talk of who owns their DNA. Uh, did you know that it could be possible to copyright your DNA? Uh, it's not, but people have been trying. Some wealthy lunatic, in theory, could uh, get some celebrities' DNA from grabbing a piece of the gum they chewed up and spit in the trash or from shaking their hand, and then they could have a clone mate. And then I guess wait 20 or so years for the clone to grow up and hope it acts kind of like the original. It looks almost exactly like. Seems like a lot of fucking work for not much payoff. This hypothetical had some people worried, and in 2005, a California company started offering celebrities the chance to copyright their DNA to prevent unwanted duplication. Andre Crump, president of the DNA Copyright Institute of San Francisco, said a lot of people are going to want to clone people they admire. Uh, yeah, so that's why they did this. For high-profile individuals worried they might fall victim, DCI began offering to record their DNA fingerprint, check that it is unique, store it, and register the pattern with the U.S. Copyright Office. For $1,500. Get the fuck out of here. I'm going to say it right now, if you want to clone me, go ahead. Good luck raising young me. At least a 50% chance that clone me ends up in prison. Uh, but then this company went out of business because unfortunately DNA cannot be copyrighted. This is nonsense, said Stephen Barnett of the University of California, Berkeley. Okay, now let's look specifically at claims of certain celebs being cloned. Now we're getting out of the, out of the science into the wackadoodle, uh, frankly, the fun stuff. Uh, one of the biggest clone stories of late revolves around punk pop singer Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne, the real Avril, OG Avril, born on September 27th, 1984 in Bellevue, Ontario. Up in Canada, city of around 50,000 on the banks of Lake Ontario, about 200 kilometers from Toronto. She started singing while still in elementary school by the age of 15, already had appeared on stage with Shania Twain. By 16, she'd signed a two-album recording contract with Arista Records worth more than $2 million. She got real famous, real fast, and then she died young, according to conspiracies. Some people think that Avril was replaced by a body double. Others think she was replaced by a true clone. One theory claims that Levine, fed up with being a celebrity, hired a body double to represent her at public events, and no one noticed. <laughs> Others say she died. They don't know. And some Illuminati types to keep the money coming in quickly had a clone put, uh, you know, uh, cooked up in the fucking clone laboratory. And the clone just took over her career seamlessly. Both theories believe the singer died at some point between the release of 2002's Let Go and 2004's Under My Skin. The double or clone is named Melissa, and she continues to pretend to be Avril Lavigne full-time to this day. How insulting to Avril to insinuate that her style is so easily duplicated that a double or a clone can just fucking casually slide in and just tour as her, sing her songs, and most fans will notice. Uh, if it's true, I gotta hand it to the clone. Melissa's doing a great job. While Under My Skin didn't duplicate the sales of Let Go, which sold over 16 million albums worldwide, it did sell over 10 million, and the next album sold over 7 million, so fucking great job, clone. As we'll see with other so-called clones, a gap between projects, just two years between the re release of an album in this case, uh, can lead to a lot of people speculating, you know, about what's really going on, because those people don't understand how life works. Two, two years is nothing when it comes to the time between releasing albums. When it comes to major label releases, artists oftentimes actually end up recording way more songs than they need to for the album, for starters. Then the record company weighs in on what songs they think are going to be good enough for them to sink a lot of promotional money and expensive studio time into. Then once the songs are recorded, if the label likes enough of them, they're mixed and mastered, which can take a while because, 
you know, you're not just having fucking Jerry Pro Tools down the street do it because he's available. You're going to, you're using the best. The best are usually pretty damn busy, so you got to wait. Then the label has to put together a marketing strategy. They strategize over a release date to make sure the label isn't competing with itself, launching too many of its own projects at the same time. Back in the 2002, 2004-ish era, it was all about FM radio play. And there were, there were only so many slots for any given genre at any given time, right? Don't want to release the lead single for Avril the same week the Red Hot Chili Peppers or Queens of the Stone Age or Atlantis Morissette, et cetera, also releasing singles. Also don't want to release your uh, second album too close to the first album and cannibalize your own sales. Also, sometimes, oftentimes, label has more artists on their roster than they can properly service because they're cutting corners with uh, employee costs. Shit gets delayed due to good old human and corporate mistakes. That's why it fucking takes a bit to release a new album. Not to mention writer's block or an artist just not feeling like kicking out more songs real fast because now they're hanging out on a yacht in the Mediterranean or something, enjoying being young and cool and filthy fucking rich. Or it's because the Illuminati needs time to build a clone in a clone lab or, or that. Uh, rumors of Avril dying and being cloned go back to 2005 are believed to have originated on a Brazilian fan website. And unfortunately for Levine, these uh, rumors have never gone away. Avril herself or clone Avril, Melissa, of course, denies this theory. Speaking to Entertainment Weekly several years ago, she said, it's just a dumb internet rumor. And I'm flabbergasted that people bought into it. Isn't that so weird? It's so dumb. And I look the exact same. On one hand, everyone is like, oh my God, you look the same. And on the other hand, people are like, oh my God, she died. <laughs> uh, to her credit, she really does look the same. Like, it's impressive. She's 36 now. And she got famous as a teenager. And teenage her and now her look pretty damn close to identical. I look nothing like teen me. <laughs> I feel like she is for sure taking better care of herself, eating more salads and drink less, uh, you know, uh, fucking Whipple <laughs> or something that I have uh, or alcohol. Now, now let's talk about uh, Miley Cyrus and Roy motherfucking Disney, Walt's evil, murderous brother. He's probably been cloned and his monstrous undead copy, his soulless copy runs Disney now from the shadows. And he definitely had Miley Cyrus killed back in 2010. Some actually do think Disney, the company, not Roy, had Miley Cyrus killed and dumped her remains uh, in the California desert. Two possible explanations for this. One theory states that in the months before her accident, Miley leaked nudes, smoked salvia, and wrote in a song that she was, quote, hot, egad, to save its brand, its wholesome image. Disney was left with one option, to murder her. That theory doesn't seem very believable since uh, Miley uh, got way more controversial after 2010, uh, released more nudes, Way more sexual songs and uh, performances. I mean, shit got pretty wild during the 2013 MTV Video Music Awards when she grinded on Robin Thicke and uh, seemed to try and set the record for most pelvic thrusts in one award show. Uh, it doesn't seem like Disney accomplished their mission there. The other Miley clone theory alleges that Cyrus refused the, the sexual advances of various Disney execs, also refused the advances of her father. Not sure why he's thrown in there. Yes, Billy Ray in on it. She turned down dad. Gave him an achy breaky heart. So he had her killed and her body dumped in the desert and then cloned. But realized that Miley intended to remain steadfast in her decision not to partake in incestuous satanic blood orgies. A Disney higher up beat her, left her for dead, brought in a clone. When did these clone theories start? Uh, many trace celebrity clone theories uh, back to Paul McCartney. Some conspiracy loving Beatles fans believe that McCartney died in 1966. And everything that's happened since then is a courtesy of a lookalike and sounded like either a body double or, of course, a clone. Paul apparently died, don't tell him this, on November 9th, 1966. 
He drove away from Abbey Road late the night before, a stupid bloody Tuesday, then blew his brains out in the car for reasons never actually made clear. He was officially pronounced dead, OPD, on Wednesday morning, 5 o'clock, which is why George points to that line in the Sergeant Pepper sleeve, where Paul wears an OPD patch, except he doesn't actually wear a patch. He wears an OPP patch, but whack jobs tend to ignore details and facts like this. And OPP stands for Ontario Provincial Police in this case. It comes from the real Sergeant Pepper, Sergeant Randall Pepper, who ran security detail for the band in Toronto in 1966. But fuck facts. In this theory, the other Beatles decided to hush up the news, so they uh, kept Paul's death a secret, replaced him with a lookalike, then weirdly dropped hints about the cover-up scam and their music just for funsies. They went through a lot of trouble to cover up his death and then started immediately leaving breadcrumbs that would lead to discovering he died, which doesn't add up. This conspiracy was started by a Detroit DJ. Blew up on October 12th, 1969, when Russ Gibb was hosting a show on WKNR. A mysterious caller told him to put on the Beatles' White Album, spin the number nine, number nine intro from Revolution 9 backwards. When Gibb tried it on air, he heard the words, turn me on, dead man. And in this case, I gotta say, it does sound like that. Uh, listen to this track forwards and then backwards here. Number nine, number nine, number nine. Okay. Uh, why does it sound like that? Well, theories vary, but most likely a coincidence. Uh, more clues keep coming. At the end of Strawberry Fields Forever, John maybe says, I buried Paul. Let's hear this on loop. Now, is that what he says? Lennon claims he was saying cranberry sauce. The Beatles press officer claims he was saying, I'm very bored. And conspiracy theorists, you know, thought he was saying, I buried Paul. I hear I'm very bored. Uh, if you listen again. And it's hard to hear the end with the music. Then in Lennon's A Day in the Life lyrics, Paul is dead, miss him, miss him, are said to be heard only when the song is played backward. I don't hear it. Uh, even if this was all engineered into the album, it could have been just to fuck with people, right? It's like, it's like sometimes people f forget that people will do pranks and troll others because they fall for this shit. Uh, fans also began whispering about all the clues on the just-released Abbey Road. You know, the jacket, the cover showed Paul barefoot out of step with the others, holding his cigarette in his right hand. What the fuck? He's a lefty! He plays most instruments with his left hand. Uh, I think these people just, you know, don't understand that photographers kind of, like, mess with you on, like, uh, press shoots. And they might have just liked the way the cigarette looked in his left hand for symmetrical reasons better than the cigarette looked in his right hand. Or, you know, vice versa. Uh, and then there's the Volkswagen with the 28 IF license plate. That's how old Paul would have been if he were still alive, say conspiracist, which is wrong. He would have been 27, you know, when Abbey Road came out. But again, who cares about facts when you're connecting so many dots in your basement? Uh, then the song I Am the Walrus ends with the live BBC broadcast of a fatal scene from Shakespeare's King Lear with the character Oswald groaning, oh, untimely death, clearly a nod to Paul's demise. Or John Lennon taped it on the radio one night and thought it sounded fucking cool. He was doing a lot of drugs at that time, and he liked how it fit into the song. Uh, when he's apparently dying in a car crash, Paul claims he was actually in seclusion on his Scottish farm with his wife, Linda, and their six-week-old daughter, Mary. Convenient, convenient. Nice alibi. Uh, Life magazine sent reporters out to stalk McCartney on his farm around that time he supposedly died. They didn't notice uh, it was a clone. Uh, actually, after uh, Paul threw a bucket of water on him, then he agreed to an interview and uh, had took photos with him to make him go away. Uh, that's when you know you're really famous. When reporters still want to do an interview with you after you fucking teach them a lesson by throwing buckets of water on them. 
1974, Paul had some phones, his death's conspiracy, telling Rolling Stone, someone from the office rang me up and said, look, Paul, you're dead. And I said, oh, I don't agree with that. Uh, <laughs> continued to follow him. He said regarding the rumor in 2009, I think the worst thing that happened was that I could see people sort of looking at me more closely. Were his ears always like that? Paul McCartney seems to have a great sense of humor in a variety of you know non-clone interviews. Again, like with Avril, if he was cloned, uh, the clone has been killing it. That clone write the fuck helped write the White Album. That clone released and sang "Let It Be," "Hey Jude," "Band on the Run" with Wings. Maybe I'm amazed as a solo artist, and so many others. That clone is fucking legit talented. Another supposed clone, arguably the hottest clone, I'll talk about here today is Megan Fox, actress, off-named sexiest woman alive in the mid 2000s, 2010s, hot ass clone. Hail Lucifina. According to posts on one conspiracy forum, Fox has been replaced several times with clones created by the government. These clones are referred to by forum users as Fagan, not Megan. Oh, <laughs> I see you, Fagan. Not tricking me. Uh, one user, the mask, commented, I'd say she was replaced. The look, quote unquote, seems to change right around the movie Transformers, 2007. She was replaced right before that in 2006, perhaps that summer. The show Hope and Faith, 2004 through 2006, had just been canceled. Filming for Transformers would have to start soon because it was released in July of 2007. Transformers is known as a breakout role, which is the same time period her look changed. She began dating Brian Austin Green in November of 2006. The timing fits perfectly. It's perfect, you guys. Everyone knows that Brian Austin Green is a clone fucker. Common knowledge. He only wants that sweet clone puss. The pieces fit. File it in the fax drawer. Uh, every time Megan looks different, which could easily be explained again by the normal aging process or the fight against it, it's a new clone say theorists. Then there is perhaps the most famous clone of all, and actually arguably uh, also the hottest one, uh, Beyonce, uh, the one my wife Lindsay wants to be reincarnated as. She's a bit obsessed with Beyonce. Beyonce ever goes missing, I want Lindsay looked into as a suspect. According to a slew of very, very reliable sources, Beyonce's career was going so swimmingly in the aughts that the singer's team of producers decided better make a fucking clone, right? Or at least extract some of her stem cells, store them in case something happens to her and they need to make a clone. Got to make sure Queen Bay or Clone Bay is sticking around. For a few years, the music industry's clone of pop star projects sat in a mini fridge in a record exec's glass roomed office. And then disaster struck. 2010, Beyonce died. How? I don't know. Somehow. They never make that clear. Maybe it was a really bad case of gas and her stomach exploded. Maybe she slipped on some caviar, fell off a yacht, hit her head on a paddleboard, made of diamonds. I don't know. After her death, a Beyonce clone seamlessly entered the world, strutting into her role. No one was the wiser for a few months. To the untrained eye, the clone replicated Beyonce so well that it was impossible to notice the difference between her and real Beyonce. But then some very, very smart people online noticed that the clone started to malfunction. She would not quite dance perfectly at every single show and stuff. During the summer of 2011, she announced her pregnancy, a pregnancy genius theorists think is fake or was fake and led to more malfunctioning. She kept getting dates wrong. In one interview, she announced that her baby was due in February, but in a different interview, she claimed January. No way an original human would ever misspeak or remember a date incorrectly. Uh-uh. Especially a date that can fluctuate a little bit uh, as you begin your pregnancy. Uh, that's literally never happened, ever, with a non-clone. Theory said that her pregnant belly looked faked. Not quite the right shape. The cloners couldn't pull the wool over everyone's third eyes. And more evidence of malfunctioning presented itself during her Super Bowl halftime show in 2016 when she almost but not really fell over. Hello! Would the real Beyonce almost but not quite have fallen over for a second? No chance. Zero percent chance. She would have never made a mistake. She was literally perfect. 
Everyone knows that real people never, ever slip up. Two more big ones before the timeline. Brittany and Marshall Mathers. Start with Brittany. Another for sure clone, Britney Spears. Singer, songwriter, dancer, actress, clone. Britney's credited with influencing the revival of teen pop during the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, that's why she became referred to as the princess of pop or her clone was referred to as a princess of pop. I don't know if you remember this, but back in 1998, right before dropping the now classic rock opera, Baby One More Time, Brittany and Justin Timberlake got into a nasty car accident that resulted in severe burns for Justin and Brittany being decapitated. I had completely forgot about Brittany getting her head chopped off back in 1998. And that for sure happened. If it didn't happen, it wouldn't have been reported on the now defunct website, BrittanyIsDead.com. On this site, written back in 2011, our beloved Pop-Tart, Britney Spears, has been dead for about five years now. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe actually, this, let's see. Uh, dead for about five years now. So I think I might have had the, the dates wrong. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, we pulled it from uh, an archive of 2011, but this must have been written in 2003. Uh, so, you know, weird that, uh, uh, wait, five years. Okay, here we go. Sorry, picking up again. And a massive conspiracy on behalf of the music industry has kept this fact from her ever-diminishing legion of fans for just as long. Hmm, throwing some shade at Britney there. I'm sure her album sales, you know, were dropping at that time. But she was also raising two kids who are now five and six. She's been through two divorces. Easy, Britney is dead, dot-com writer. She's dealing with a lot right now. The other continues, I've uncovered the truth. The one we've been calling Britney, maybe not, may be not a girl and not yet a woman. She is an imposter. And I have the evidence to prove it. Britney had just wrapped up her first album, Baby One More Time, and had recently completed filming the video for the title track. The record label knew they had a major hit on their hands. Britney had also just begun a relationship with in-sync vocalist Justin Timberlake, and they promised to be the hottest couple on the music scene. But then only two days after the filming of Baby One More Time, uh, Britney, only 16, not yet licensed to drive, borrowed her mother's car to go joyriding with Justin in the passenger seat. Britney lost control of the car. Britney was decapitated in the accident. Justin was severely burned, received massive head injuries, and has since been in a coma, not expected to recover. What? Was Justin cloned too? I mean, his career was going great in 2011 when this, when this was written. I'm sorry, 2003. And then, uh, but he died, I guess back in 1998 when he was just 17. Huh. If so, his clone, you know, also fucking killing it. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, if he, if he did die after that coma, uh, he did very well in the social network, uh, Bad Teacher with Cameron Diaz, a couple smash hits. Both of those movies grossed over $200 million at the box office. Uh, he was in the often, often forgotten Friends with Benefits with Mila Kunis, 150 million box office haul, making all kind of funny, great songs with Lonely Island crew, more hits. God, very talented clone. Uh, the Britney is Dead author continues, Britney's sudden death left her label with two options. One, shelve the album and video. Problem. They'd already invested a lot of time and money in Britney's career. Would take a huge loss if they didn't release the material. Two, release them as being the final work of a once promising but now dead teenage singer. Problem. It's a known fact that teenagers in the late 90s did not listen to dead people. Just look at how poorly Janis Joplin and Jim Croce did in the teenage market. <laughs> I love this. Uh, yes, Janis Joplin and Jim Croce uh, did not do well in the teenage market in 2011. Of course not. Uh, Janis Joplin died over 40 years earlier in 1970. Uh, Jim Croce died 38 years earlier in 1973. And it was not a sexy pop star or incredibly popular with teens when he was alive. Not exactly a Britney Spears type artist. Neither was Janis Joplin. Uh, Nirvana, on the other hand, still pretty popular with the teens in 2011. You know, 17 years after Kurt Cobain died. Uh, very popular in 2003. Sorry, I kept referring to 2011 there. That's, it's archived, but then I was like, oh yeah, shit, that's not the right date as I'm 
reading it again for the fifth time. I'm like, oh, he references five years. Anyway, uh, the author again continues regarding either shelving Britney's final album or releasing it as the last album of a now dead pop star. They write, let's face it, neither option was acceptable. So one of the geniuses, the record label came up with a better idea, replace Britney and continue her career. The heads of the label immediately headed to the nearest shopping mall, found quite a few girls who resembled Britney. They settled on a girl named Britney Shears whose uncle Billy Shears had replaced Paul McCartney after his death in 1966. But there were two problems. Britney Shears had a noticeably larger chest than Britney Spears. So the record label handled this by starting a rumor that Britney got a boob job. Also, Britney Shears had no discernible talent. But so far, no one's really noticed. Yikes. So more shade there. Of course, another problem concerned Justin Timberlake. How does a comatose singer remain in a really hot band? But it was easily solvable. Justin had been replaced at various times with members of the Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, LFO, and O-Town. No one noticed the difference, since they all look alike and sound alike. In fact, most of the popular boy bands comprised of only about 12 different core individuals. And then, <laughs> and then this is when the stories about Britney began to diverge. Britney uh, is dead.com, claims labels producer went to the mall, you know, found a young lookalike named Britney Shears. Other websites claim the label trotted out a Britney clone or clones. Over the years, plenty of Britney clones have apparently come, up, come and gone. Uh, they say explains uh, the many emotional ups and downs of Britney. The Britney copies, not always happy with their lot in life. In 2009's Break the Ice, one of the clones managed to sneak in some hints at the reality of her situation. This included an accompanying animated video that depicts her blowing up an actual cloning center. Crazy, the Illuminati allowed that to be filmed. Uh, and sometimes the first performance by alleged clone Britney Shears. Britney is wearing white, watching a young man from afar, fantasizing about doing some choreographed dance moves with him, according to clone theorists. Clearly a reference to Britney being in the afterlife, watching over her beau, Justin. Huh. And lucky Britney plays two roles. Uh, the first is kind of a supernatural being vi uh, visible only to the viewer. The second, an unhappy pop star who the supernatural being watches over. Obviously, this is a reference to there being two Britneys, real Britney and clone Britney. At the bottom of BritneyIsDead.com, the writer actually says, uh, please note this site is intended as a joke. To the best of my knowledge, Britney and Justin are alive and well. But then the damage had been done. <laughs> clone happy wackadoodles just didn't care that at the end, the guy was like, no, I was, just, I was, I was kidding. They're like, nope, uh-uh. Probably had to say that to be, you know, not, not murdered by Illuminati stooges. Obviously, the rest of it was true. One final Illuminati clone, Marshall Mathers. In 2011, Eminem revealed he'd had writer's block for four years, which is bullshit. Clone truthers say this is a cover for the gap between 2004's Encore, 2009's Relapse. Uh, they say that when Slim Shady reached worldwide phenom status in the late 90s, the Illuminati approached him, as they do with all up-and-coming superstars, See how willing he would be to join their gang of ultra-powerful miscreants. And Shady foolishly declined. Not sure how that went down. You know? Hey, uh, Marshall, we're uh, the Illuminati. Do you want to sacrifice kids to Satan and fuck clones and their poop hole loopholes and hunt poor people for sport? No? Well, I guess we'll have to kill you and clone you then. See you around. Uh, after saying, no, thank you, Illuminati, Marshall died in a not accidental fatal car crash in 2005. And then, uh, you know, that's when he went to rehab. Wink, wink, as in clone rehab. The new Eminem was very different, says a conspiracy post. And those who are and were his true fans likely didn't buy this switch at all. Many brainwashed people, not able to conceive of what reality is really like, believed the lie and followed after their hero in his new mentality. <laughs> yeah, you don't think Shady's a clone? Of course you don't. You're too stupid to see the truth. Uh, they continue. This brings up further questions, of course. Like, can the clone... Like, can they clone humans and are they cloning people? This too doesn't take too much research to realize, of course they can, and they do clone humans. They can clone them from birth. They can make synthetic clones in a matter of months. Months, you guys, months. 
so hard for some people to accept how people change. Of course, Eminem in 2009 is going to be different than Eminem in 2004. Are you fucking kidding me? 2004 was five years after his first breakthrough release. In five years, he'd gone from being broke and unknown to being incredibly famous, spectacularly wealthy. His second and third major albums had gone diamond just in the U.S. with combined worldwide, worldwide sales of over 40 million. If you made a dollar an album, that's 40 million bucks, plus all the radio royalties. Then there was the money made from huge, very successful, sold-out worldwide international tours. The movie Eight Mile came out in 2002. That was a big success. Almost a quarter of a billion at the box office versus a $40 million budget. The soundtrack for the movie sold another 5 million copies. Then Encore, that takes a sales dip. Does great, but not Diamond. So maybe takes a break. Just enjoys being super fucking rich. You know, easy time to have writer's block when you don't need to ever write anything again to be very wealthy for the rest of your life, to have your future generations also be wealthy. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, now we've met some of the celebrity clones talked about in way too many Facebook groups, blogs, random message boards, and in the comment sections of too many YouTube videos. Now let's get into today's Time Suck Timeline. Look at the true history of cloning, how far we've actually come, where we have yet to go, and also look into some more celebrity cloning conspiracies. Uh, look into a supposed cloning center, cloning center, excuse me, that's uh, very funny to me. And most importantly, meet the most important and prolific source of all clone conspiracy information, Donald Marshall. Oh, Donnie, so good. So much crazy to process right after today's sponsor break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you suddenly had an extra hour show up in your day every day, what would you do with it? Work out, sleep, read a book, play Fortnite, call your mom, take judo lessons, finally watch all the episodes of Shameless. A lot of us spend a lot of our time wishing we had more time. But why? Time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The bad news is that you're not going to get that 25th hour. But what you can probably do is reprioritize where you spend some of your time. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it with your time. This year, my health is more important to me than cranking out another stand-up special as fast as possible. So I canceled a tour, sacrificed that income, and decided to spend a lot of the time I just got back working out more, resting more, relaxing more, and enjoying time with family, friends, and just myself. And I'm so glad I did. I feel better than I have in a long time. And my BetterHelp therapist, Debbie, was very helpful in getting me to make the decision to pull back. Thank you, Debbie. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TimeSuck today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TimeSuck. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you've learned anything is that there's always a catch. So when you hear that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, you're probably thinking, what's the catch? Well, there isn't one, really. They cut the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. It's pretty simple. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month and no catch. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts over. And in addition to saving money, like over a 50% price drop from what I was paying before, the network quality, in my experience, is better than it was with my old service provider. 
To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash timesuck. That's mintmobile.com slash timesuck. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash timesuck. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Thanks to Rocket Money, I canceled a membership to a gym I used to go to where I continued to pay a monthly membership for a couple of years after I stopped going. I didn't even recognize the charge. Rocket Money found it though, and it was canceled. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash timesuck. That's rocketmoney.com slash timesuck. Rocketmoney.com slash timesuck. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel has over 10 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I've been working on my restaurant skills lately. ¿Cuál es el pescado del día? Excelente. Mi encanto pargo rojo frito. Y me gustaría un poco de huevo de naranja fresco. You may not know what I said, but my waiter in Mexico will, thanks to Babbel. Here's a special limited-time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash timesuck. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash timesuck, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash timesuck. Rules and restrictions may apply. Thank you for listening. Now let us dive into a crazy clone timeline. Strap on those boots, soldier. We're marching down a time suck timeline. Kicking things off way back in 1885. Smart people starting to theorize about cloning. August Weissmann, professor of zoology and comparative anatomy at the University of Freiburg, located in Baden-Württemberg, Germany, theorizes that the genetic information of a cell would diminish as the cell went through differentiation, differentiation, Jesus, making true perfect cloning impossible. His theory would be supported three years later in 1885 when fellow German and zoologist Wilhelm Ruh fucking around with frog embryos tests germplasm theory for the first time. According to this theory, germplasm, which is independent from all other cells of the body, somo, uh, Somatoplasm is the essential element of germ cells, eggs and sperm, and is the hereditary material that is passed from generation to generation. Although the details of the germplasm theory have been modified in the years since, its premise of the continuity of hereditary material is the basis of the modern understanding of the process of physical inheritance. Now let's jump way up to 1938. Dr. Hans Spiemann, another German doctor. Germans really doing all the heavy early lifting when it comes to the science that will lead to cloning. Uh, proposes an experiment to remove the nucleus from an unfertilized egg and replace it with the nucleus from a differentiated cell. 
Same year, the guy who'd won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1935 publishes the results of years worth of genetic experiments, some involving primitive nuclear transfer experiments involving salamander embryos in the book, Embryonic Development and Induction. Uh, he had been, uh, Speeman had been building towards this research for decades. Speeman argued that the next step for research should be the cloning of organisms by extracting the nucleus of a differentiated cell and putting it into an enucleated egg. Six years later, not German, Oswald Avery, Canadian-American descendant of Brits this time, figures out that a cell's genetic information is carried inside its DNA. This is a big step. Without knowledge of DNA, cloning would not be possible. In 1952, Robert Briggs, Thomas J. King, two Americans, clone a frog by nuclear transfer of embryonic cells. They hatch 27 little tadpole clones of northern leopard frogs, thereby creating the first animal clones in history. Same technique they use here, using somatic cells, will later be used to create arguably the most famous clone of all, Dolly the Sheep. 1962, a decade later, British biologist John Gordon, uh, Gordon uh, announces that he has cloned South African frogs using the nucleus of fully differentiated adult intestinal cells. He removed the nucleus of a fertilized egg cell from a frog, replaced it with the nucleus of a cell taken from a tadpole's intestine. This modified egg cell grew into a new frog, proving that mature cells still contained enough genetic information to form all other types of cells. This demonstrated that cells' genetic potential does not diminish as the cell becomes specialized. True clones are possible. Another scientist or uh, other scientists describing Gurdon's results start first uh, start using the uh, word clone for the first time in reference to animals. Uh, decades of Gurdon's research and this breakthrough earned him the nickname the Godfather of Cloning. And this is where concern starts to come in that someone could just like take a strand of your hair, some of your sweat, flakes of your dry skin, etc., and use it to build clone you. He showed conclusively that this was, in fact, possible. Crazy shit. October 17th, 1972, Marshall Bruce Mathers, the third known professionally as Eminem, born in St. Joseph, Missouri. Interesting. Born 10 years after a frog was cloned from intestinal cells. What does that mean? Whose intestinal cells was Eminem created from? Adds two tacks in the basement wall, strings, pieces of yard between them. Uh, jumping ahead now to 1978, the world sees another amazing scientific advancement that kicks off some clone fear. Louise Brown, born in the UK, the first child conceived via IVF, in vitro fertilization, aka test tube baby. With IVF, mature eggs are retrieved from ovaries, fertilized by sperm in a lab. Then the fertilized egg or eggs, the embryo or embryos, transferred back into the uterus or into another uterus. We went over some of this, I believe, in our designer babies suck. Uh, as of 2018, over 8 million test tube babies had been born. Now that this technique had been perfected, Cloning technology using elements of John Gurdon's earlier work could be combined to create a clone embryo and have that implanted in a uterus. Easier said than done, of course, but recently this has become scientifically possible. December 2nd, 1981, Britney Spears is born in Macomb, Mississippi. What does that have to do with any of the science we've covered so far? I don't know, but it has to mean something. How does it all connect? Gotta buy more yarn, Tex. 1984, a Danish researcher, Dr. Steen M. Will Willidson, at the British Agricultural Research Council's Institute of Animal Physiology in Cambridge, England, successfully uses cells from early embryos to clone sheep by nuclear transfer. The procedure he develops is essentially the one that will be used a decade later to produce Dolly the sheep, although in Dolly's case, nuclei from mature sheep, i.e. not from sheep embryos, will be used. The same year, Avril Lavigne is born. Hmm, interesting. Did the Illuminati clone her at birth, somehow knowing she'd become famous? They must have. They used their dark evil wizardry to predict her future, but not be able to save her from death and needed to clone her. I don't know. A decade later, 1994, in the U.S., American Dr. Neil First 
clones calves from cells of early embryos. A year later, 1995, British doctors Ian Wilmot, Keith Campbell create the world's first cloned sheep, Megan and Marag from embryo cells. And then the following year, Dolly the sheep, still one of the most famous clones of all time, is born. Dr. Wilmot and his team cloned the world's uh, first sheep from adult cells with Dolly. Now clone conspiracists really start to freak the fuck out. They've cloned a mammal using adult cells. Only a matter of time before they clone you and everyone you love and then kill the originals because the clone can be, I don't know, controlled better or something. Not, not sure why some think that clones can A, be created really quickly so that you can be replaced and B, be more easily controlled. Anyway, Dolly is created via SNT procedures, somatic cell nuclear transfer. Uh, reproductive SN, SCNT, cloning is accomplished by implanting an SCNT-derived blastocyst into the uterus of a surrogate mother in which the embryo develops into a fetus carried to term. The nucleus of a cell is taken from anywhere in the animal's body, placed within an egg with its own DNA material removed. The egg is technically called an enucleated uh, oocyte. In Dolly's case, it was a mammary cell, hence the name Dolly, a nod to singer Dolly Parton's Sweet Sweet Tatas. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Dolly the sheep was named after Dolly Parton's boobs? Has anyone ever had more famous boobs than Dolly Parton, by the way? Uh, Hail Lucifina. Dolly Parton, uh, A, has fucking fantastic boobs, and B, so much more than her boobs. Uh, so much more than a country singer. Very cool meat sack. who's done a surprising amount of very impressive, like, humanitarian shit and all kinds of really cool things. Love me some Dolly Parton. Maybe not as much as Jimmy Wisman from Small Town Murder and Crime and Sports. He really loves Dolly Parton. But still, uh, love me some Dolly. Uh, anyway, as it goes with a lot of experiments, Dolly's life was short. Dolly started her life in a test tube in 1996, died just six years later. Uh, when she was only a year old, there was a genetic evidence that she might physically be older. At five, she was diagnosed with osteoarthritis. At six, a CT scan revealed tumors growing in her lugs, likely the result of an, an incurable infectious disease. Rather than let her suffer, the vets put Dolly to rest. Now, again, does that mean, like we talked earlier, does it, the, the, being a clone will make you age faster? That's been a concern, but uh, they think they've figured that out since. Dolly's birth blew the world away. Scientists had taken a single adult cell from a sheep's udder, implanted it into an egg cell that had been stripped of its own DNA, successfully created a living, breathing animal, almost genetically identical to its donor. And then Dolly's health challenges, along with other cases in which cloned animals developed symptoms of diabetes or obesity, made it harder to grapple with the ethical and safety controversies of the procedure. Not only did many countries, including Canada and Australia, now start to ban reproductive cloning in animals, but the United Nations would ban all kinds of cloning related to humans in 2005. Years later, you know, 2016 study will determine that cloning does not lead to premature aging. But by 2016, too much fear over the ethical concerns regarding cloning had already set in for the study to attract a lot of attention. Uh, back in 1997, U.S. scientists at the Oregon Regional Primate Research Center create the first primates, two rhesus monkeys named Nettie and Ditto, it's adorable monkey names from DNA taken from cells of uh, developing monkey embryos. Little ditto to monkey. Little ditto to clone monkey. I like it. Uh, primates. Cloning moving to primates now. A lot of people wondering when human clone trials are going to kick off. The next year, 1998, scientists in South Korea claimed to successfully clone a human embryo, kind of. They said their experiment was interrupted very early when the clone was just a group of four cells. So they technically barely do it. Still freaks a lot of people out. Next year, 1999. Chinese-born American citizen, Dr. Jerry Yang, leads a U.S. experiment to clone calves from frozen cells taken from a Japanese bull. The experiment is successful, now proves that cells can be stored for later cloning. This advance will lead, you know, later to uh, speculation that the DNA of various celebrities being stored in execs' freezers. So if they don't follow Illuminati orders, they'll get killed and cloned. 
Uh, following year again, now in 2000, the first patents for cloning given to the scientists who cloned Dolly, giving their company, Duran Biomed, extensive or exclusive rights to the technologies they used. Same year, Japanese scientists cloned a baby bull from a bull that was a clone itself. The first recloning case involving a large mammal, a clone of a clone. In 2001, scientists at Advanced Cell Technology in Massachusetts cloned human embryos in the U.S. for the first time. They don't get much farther than those South Korean scientists did. The embryos died at less than 10 cell replication. Still, this pisses a lot of anti-cloning advocates off. Why are they doing this? An ACT spokesperson says their intention is not to produce a cloned baby, but to develop a way of obtaining embryonic stem cells to match to patients. That's stuff we went over earlier. 2001 will also be the year that marked the first foray into pet cloning. That cat, CC, carbon copy, cloned by a company that wants to go into business reproducing pets. 2002, California becomes the first U.S. state to approve a law legalizing the therapeutic cloning of embryos. Anti-cloning advocates lose their minds. In late 2002, a, a crazy human cloning advancement claim is made. It's not a true claim, but holy shit. Was this wackadoodle nonsense fun to look into? Clonade, part of a religious group that believes humans were created by extraterrestrials, holds a news conference on December 26, 2002. Very sparsely attended news conference. Uh, not sure if anyone showed up at all, actually. And they announced the birth of the first cloned human, a girl named Eve. And this is, of course, A, not true. And B, a crazy fucking story so worth digging deeper into. CloneAid uh, is a company that still has an operational website, CloneAid.com. And it is worth checking out. Just looking at their website uh, made me think no member of CloneAid could make two paper airplanes that looked exactly the same, let alone clone anything. It is janky as fuck. Forget clones. They can't even design a good website. CloneAid, founded by the Raelian movement. We talked about this organization labeled as a cult by some in the fifth takeaway of the ancient aliens slash ancient Sumerians time suck. Uh, the Raelian movement is nuts. The Raelian movement essentially believes that extraterrestrials created life on Earth. Not bothered by that part. Maybe they did. I wasn't there when human life began. But these fuckers don't seem to have a lot of archaeological evidence to point towards their claims. The Raelians, very much a part of the ancient aliens crowd. The organization founded in the 1970s in France by Claude Berillon, known as now as Rail. This dude, former sports car journalist and test driver, following a purported extraterrestrial slash spiritual encounter in December of 1973, forms the Raelian movement, changes his name to Rail. Basically said he saw an alien and the alien was God and now he knows all of God's plans. Right? Standard cult leader fake prophet shit with a UFO twist. And he is a uh, standard cult dude. Rumors of multiple brides, married a 16-year-old when he was in his 40s, been accused of blatantly plagiarizing Raelian scripture, copying and pasting uh, the overwhelming majority of his teachings from books written previously by other wackadoodles. We will suck Raelian, uh, Raelism someday properly. Uh, this, this guy, Rael, is still out there somewhere, it appears, hiding out in some weird compound in his 70s now. Uh, Raelism teaches that an extraterrestrial species known as the Elohim, uh, Elohim, Elohim, created humanity using their advanced technology. They believe that the Elohim have historically been mistaken for gods. According to their website, the, it might be Elohim. The Elohim explained to us that they were created by a more advanced race of humans, that were created by a more advanced race of humans, and so on ad infinitum. We are simply another link in the eternal cycle of life. And one day our scientists will travel to another planet and create life the same way that Elohim did on our planet. All right? They believe that occasionally the Elohim have made it with humans, creating throughout history 40 Elohim human hybrids who have served as prophets. Amongst those listed uh, as prophets are the you know Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, and of course, Rael himself, the, the journalist guy, you know, naturally being the 40th and final prophet. He's the same as Jesus and Muhammad and Buddha. You know, you get it. He's a very important prophet. 
And if you're asking why the Elohim don't just show themselves uh, to the rest of us, uh, the Raelians have an answer for that. Because an unannounced and undesired landing would be pandemonium, and the world governments would view them as invaders, resulting in threatening retaliation by the military. You'd think if they were smart enough to, you know, powerful enough to start off our planet, they could handle the military, but okay. The only way to avoid this disastrous scenario is to raise awareness of who the Elohim are and spread Rail's message all over the world first. Only then can we envision the return of our creators who love us and who wish to officially meet with our world governments so they can share their scientific heritage. Totally. If we want to see the alien gods, we all have to become Raelians first. We have to give the Raelians our tithes. And, you know, only then will peace and harmony come to earth if we all join this cult. So what does this have to do with Clonade? Clonade was registered as a company in the Bahamas founded by the Raelian movement. When he formed his clone company, Rail had an express purpose in mind, Clonade's vice president, Thomas Kanzig, said in an interview, it was a project to create controversy to wake people up, he said. <laughs> I read that as we have zero fucking clue what cloning entails. We just needed to create some buzz for our please worship aliens with us and worship me as an alien prophet, Momo Jumbo. Clonade started back in 1997. In the spring of 2001, Clonade's research director, Dr. Bridget Bosselier, a French-Canadian chemist, a Raelian bishop, and the company's chief executive, began talking about a secret clonade laboratory in the United States that she was in charge of. Uh, before cloning, this doctor, who does have a PhD in chemistry, uh, worked for a French industrial gas company. Huh. So that's, that sounds like a, something that's a little different than cloning. Working in industrial gas, from what I understand, uh, you know, doesn't require you to spend a lot of time inserting like DNA into eggs to make clones. So that's interesting. Uh, also, if you do a Google image search for one Dr. Bridget Bosselier, Holy shit, she looks fucking crazy. Like Manson family <laughs> level of crazy. Like just right away, you're like, whoa, something's going on there. Like in every single picture of her. Uh, when asked by the FDA about this cloning lab, she was very coy about, coy about it, said an official at the Food and Drug Administration, whose approval would have been required for any human cloning work in the US. She said, I have a lab, but I won't tell you where it is. So the FDA was like, all right, well, we'll just fucking investigate and find it. And the FDA's Office of Criminal, Criminal Investigation did find the lab, and this is so great. <laughs> they found a rented room at an abandoned high school in the small suburban town of Nitro, West Virginia. That is the secret cloning lab, a former classroom where algebra or biology was taught, where kids made spitballs and tried not to let their teachers see how high they were. The, the FDA... You know, they investigate this uh, this room. They immediately determine that the environment, hardly ideal for advanced research, uh, laughable, but they actually were doing research here, which is so funny to me. They wrote in their report about insects flying through the open windows, possibly from, from a nearby barn. This was no place where sterile conditions could be had, an official said. And uh, the lone Raelian clone researcher there was not a doctor. He was a grad student who seemed, quote, woefully unprepared <laughs> when it came to cloning. I love this so much. One grad student in a former West Virginia high school classroom, doing all their clone research work, guided by a crazy woman who knows a lot about industrial gas and nothing about cloning. The FDA determined that work that the work this one person was doing wasn't even on human cells. The grad student had obtained some cow ovaries from a slaughterhouse and was trying unsuccessfully <laughs> to extract eggs from them. Oh my God, uh, the official reported the notebooks had a sketchy page and a half of entries like, we went to the slaughterhouse and got some ovaries. And, and that was it. Some of the equipment in the lab was actually state-of-the-art. Uh, so this one person was surrounded by some cool shit in this lab in this abandoned high school. The equipment had been bought by a grieving father whose 10-month-old son had died of congenital heart disease 
and who wanted to clone him. So, so sad. So weird for a cult to prey on someone's grief. I feel like, uh, you know, cults usually avoid taking advantage of the desperate. Huh. Uh, this dad, this poor dad, Mark Hunt, a lawyer and former West Virginia state legislator, had obtained the equipment from a fertility lab that had gone out of business. Then he got suckered into the Raelian's bullshit. Accounts of how much he paid vary, but Dr. Michael A. Gillen, a journalist, said on ABC News uh, that Mr. Hunt spent roughly $200,000 buying this lab equipment. Uh, and then he later sold the equipment in Nitro and shuttered the lab and then publicly broke off from the Raelians after this investigation. This poor bastard. Uh, Clonade now supposedly uh, operating uh, independently uh, out of the country, if you can believe they were ever operating. <laughs> uh, they moved their operations, which means they moved their one grad student now that they don't have any equipment. I love picturing this janky cloning lab in this little town of Nitro, population around 7,000, a few miles outside of Charleston. Where just fucking one guy is just dicking around some cow ovaries and he has no idea what he's doing. He has a crazy boss who also doesn't know what's going on. Her boss is a cult leader. What a funny chain of command and operation to imagine. Just rail the cult leader yelling at his bishop, wondering where his clone is. Then Dr. Bridget yelling at a grad student who then frantically dicks around some cow ovaries and scribbles some nonsense in a notebook in this bug-infested West Virginia classroom. Right, Dr. Doctor Bridget answers her phone, you know, from rail. Just, where are the clones, Bridget? Where are they? I'm sorry, I don't have that answer for you right now, rail. I'm going to check in with Todd. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm going to check in with our research team at our, at our powerful U.S. secret laboratory. And then, you know, cut to her hanging up, talking now to Todd. Todd, where are the fucking clones? Rail is pissed. I'm tired of him reaming my ass. Right, Mark gave you all the equipment, right? You should have at least a few clones grown in big tanks or something with filled with liquid like in the movies. I'm so, so, so sorry. I'm sorry, Dr. Bridget. I'm just having a little trouble getting human babies from the cow ovaries that you had me buy. Uh, is there any way you can give me human ovaries? No, Todd, I can't. We're not made out of money, Todd. According to everything I learned working in France and industrial gas, cow ovaries should be able to easily make human baby clones. Yes, of course, Dr. Bridget. You'll have your clone soon. And then Todd just like hangs up and buries his head in his hand, starts crying, then runs around the lab, you know, chasing fucking flies, getting them off the equipment, screams at the cow uterus laying on a tray while, you know, flipping pages through his notebook. Just come on, there's gotta be a way. There's got to be a way. In late 2002, CloneAid, this fucking powerful laboratory, claims they create Eve. <laughs> CloneAid claims they carried out 3,000 trials using cow eggs and human cells to form dividing embryos, which were then destroyed. CloneAid also said they fused over 200 human eggs with adult cells in order to get just 10, which appeared normal, of which five did implant successfully. So Todd was fucking working in 2002. He was busy. They said they planned for more clones. The day after Dr. Bridget made this announcement, she added that four more human clones were to be born within a few weeks. Bridget claimed a clone aid had a list of couples who were ready to have a clone child and that 20 more impl uh, implementations or implantations of human clones were on the way. Uh, in announcing baby Eve's birth on December 26th, Bridget said a panel of independent experts would soon be given access to the child to conduct DNA testing to verify she was indeed a clone. Then after a court case was filed, clone aid officials decided not to allow the testing. Bridget said this was because the parents were afraid their baby might be taken from them. Seems like she slipped up here saying parents. Shouldn't she say parent as in singular? Uh, despite repeated requests by the research community and the news media to verify their wild claims, Todd, I mean, CloneAid, of course, never provided any evidence to confirm the existence of Eve or the other 12 human clones they were purportedly would create. Uh, CloneAid also did not disclose the location where fake baby Eve was born, you know, this fucking classroom, <laughs> nor the nationality of her parents. Uh, leading many government officials initially in the concerned public to wonder where the fuck this baby is, if it exists. 
uh, just gets weirder. December 31st, a Florida lawyer asked a court to appoint a legal guardian for Eve, this fake baby. The petitioner, Bernard F. Siegel, who practiced in Coral Gables, had previously served on the board of a children's rights organization. He said he was acting solely as a private citizen, asserting that if the baby existed, she was being exploded, exploited by clone aid and may have clone-related birth defects. He's afraid that Eve may be being used by her creators to be experimented on. Um, <laughs> so what is happening here? Uh, I can't believe this lawyer is falling for any of this. Now a judge in Broward County, Florida, of course, Florida, uh, orders Bridget Bossier, uh, Dr. Bridget, to answer questions about the baby and her whereabouts in order to determine whether the state of Florida should appoint a guardian for Eve. Then the clone aid attorney, Jonathan Schwartz, argues that the Florida court does not have jurisdiction because the child is not born in that state, had never been there. My God, they're just refusing to admit they don't have a fucking clone. Then clone aid claims that the second clone girl is born to a lesbian couple in the Netherlands, January 3rd, 2003. Uh, and on January 23rd, 2003, CNN reports that clone aid now says it's also cloned a, uh, a boy. Then Clone Aid claims that uh, the you know this this third ba clone clone baby is healthy. He was cloned from tissue taken from a Japanese couple's comatose two year old boy, who was injured in an accident, died about eighteen months before the news broke. Representatives for Clone Aid said the cloning of the Japanese boy marked an advance in cloning technology because the DNA of the dead boy was inserted into the egg belonging to the surrogate mother to create the clone. And they just will not refuse to let this. They refuse to let this go. And Clone Aid's previous two claims of cloning, it said the mom's eggs were used to create the babies making them genetically identical to the moms. In total, Clone Aid claimed that five baby clones were born between December 26, 2002, February 4, 2003. All of them developed normally. God, grad student Todd fucking killing it in 2002 and 2003. Man, I hope they rewarded him with a better second lab. Uh, in February 2004, Clone Aid would claim that a sixth clone was born in Australia. These people just won't stop. That seems like the kind of business last week's douche Mark Twitchell would have been involved in. Right, bragging on chat rooms about all the cloning advancements he had made. Maybe also talking about some cool new film he's going to make about it all. Hey everyone, it's Logan again. Logan as in <laughs> Wolverine, you know, from the X-Men movies. Because uh, that's who I remind everyone of, uh, you know, working on a new project. After killing it on my Star Wars fan film. It'll make millions soon. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> making millions more with the best comedy show ever. Uh, now I've decided to make some clones because I wanted to write the best sci-fi trilogy ever. Something that will, you know, make the Matrix trilogy look like a public access show. And since I only write what I know, you know, I knocked some uh, clones out. NBD. Uh, I've already come out with a super original title for my clone program. It's going to be called Star Wars The Clone Wars. My ICGs have been firing again on all cylinders. And I have about a thousand cylinders uh, by March 2004. Clone Aid claimed that Eight extra baby clones have been brought to term for a total of 13 baby clones. So many clones. By this time, most people had figured out the clone aid was fucking garbage. It's nonsense. According to sealed court documents received by the Boston Globe, reported on April 27, 2003, <laughs> they determined that clone aid had two employees. Right, of course. They have the doctor and the fucking grad students doing all this cloning. Uh, the Globe could find no address, no board of directors. <laughs> CBS reported that clone aid, not a real company, uh, but some wackadoodles, the kind who worry about cloning conspiracies, of course, believe that they're totally real. They're making clones. They're the Illuminati. Uh, Cloned, like I mentioned, does still have a website, even though it looks like it has not been updated since the mid-2000s. And according to the website, Clonade can help you. If you're sterile and have lost hope of having the child you dream of, if you're homosexual and deeply desire a child who would carry your own genes, if you're just lost or about to lose, or if, you, if you've just lost or about to lose, a beloved family member and would like to see an identical twin of that person begin a new life. If you're HIV positive and want to have a child, 
that would be your genetic twin without infecting either the baby or your partner with the virus. If you simply want to be cloned, whatever your reasons may be, here's an overview of the process steps. Number one, first, fill out our contact form. Number two, one of our representatives will contact you to discuss your situation and goals. And by one of their representatives, I'm, I'm guessing they mean Todd. Number three, our medical team, aka Bridget and Todd, uh, will evaluate your case. If your application is approved, we will make arrangements to obtain cells from the cell donor, the person who is to be cloned. Number four, over the next several weeks, the donor cells will be optimized for nuclear transfer, the cloning step of the process. And I just picture them like doing a parenthetical. Sometimes it takes, you know, longer than several weeks because Todd swamped. Number five, we then retrieve eggs from either the patient or an egg donor and proceed with the nuclear transfer using the donor cells taken earlier. Number six, after several days, the clone embryo will be implanted in the patient's womb or that of the surrogate mother. Again, a picture like a parenthetical. This will be done in a very clean former high school classroom we've upgraded since West Virginia. We no longer let Todd open the window. Uh, number seven, the patient or surrogate mother will carry the fetus to term through a normal nine-month pregnancy. And number eight, the baby, a genetic twin or clone of the cell donor, will be delivered in a new human life that of the desired child will begin. So simple. Very straightforward. One, two, three, clone. Clonate. Not the only group to claim to have cloned a human. Uh, in 2004, another group led by Husa Kwang of Seoul National University in South Korea published a paper in the journal Science in which uh, he claimed to have created a cloned human embryo in a test tube. However, an independent scientific committee later found no proof to support this claim. Then in January 2006, Science announced that Huang's paper had been basically thrown in the fucking trash. It had been retracted. He's like the South Korean Todd. Uh, now up to 2005 and Snuppy, who we mentioned earlier. In 2005, South Korean scientists actually do clone Snuppy, which is a particularly impressive feat. Dogs are considered particularly difficult to clone because of their complex reproductive biology. South Korea would announce in 2007 that in 2005, cloned wolves were born. Uh, also in Japan, a fourth-generation cloned pig is cloned yet again, proving that a mammal can be cloned for multiple generations. Moving up to 2009 now, scientists in Spain able to clone an extinct animal for the first time, the Pyrenean ibex subspecies of the Spanish ibex. When the last one died, scientists saved the skin and liquid nitrogen, preserving the DNA. In early 2009, scientists implant this ibex's DNA in domestic goat eggs. The previously extinct ibex is born, but lives for only seven minutes due to lung defects. Now, this is very interesting. This is some Jurassic Park shit. And it made me think, like, could scientists use cloning technology to bring dinosaurs back to life? Well, sadly, it does not look like it because while dinosaur bones can survive for millions of years, dinosaur DNA almost certainly does not. But do not despair, Jurassic Park fans. Uh, some scientists think that there's the possibility that dinosaurs can be reverse engineered back into existence. By editing the genetic code and the DNA of extinct animals' closest living relatives, scientists could theoretically slowly build backwards and manipulate a model of the species' DNA and make a new dinosaur, which is, yeah, crazy. But that's, that's even talked about as a theoretical possibility. 2011, a lab in Argentina becomes the first successful laboratory to create a transgenic cow, a cow whose genetic material is altered using genetic engineering techniques. Uh, the use of human genes introduced during the cloning process means the clone cow, Rosita ISA, uh, was able to produce human-like milk. Not quite human milk, but similar. So weird. That same year, scientists from Russia and Japan began attempting to bring the woolly mammoth out of extinction. A laboratory was set up in Siberia. The goal was to take DNA from frozen woolly mammoth's carcasses, uh, introduce the DNA into an Asian elephant's egg. Uh, if it has worked, it has not been publicized. It probably has not worked. The international scientific community does not have high hopes because thus far, all known attempts to capture viable DNA from any frozen carcasses has not been successful. 
uh, also in uh, 2011, September of 2011, at South Korea's Incheon Airport, seven super clone sniffer dogs are dispatched to detect contraband luggage. They are all golden Labrador retrievers, genetically identical to Chase, who was the top drug canine in South Korea when he retired in 2007. Also in 2011, a man named Donnie Marshall, woohoo, yeah, 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 uh, comes forward with some extremely credible info about cloning. Fucking finally, I get to, get to introduce the man, the myth, the legend. Donnie Marshall, buckle in. Despite not being a celebrity at the time of his confession, though he would become a celebrity of sorts after it, Marshall claimed to be a clone, one of many Illuminati-bred clones. As he revealed on Facebook, Donnie was made in a so-called cloning station run by none other than Queen Elizabeth. Fuck yeah. So that's what the then 85-year-old was up to, running a clone station. I always wonder how the royals spent their day since they don't have any real political power anymore. Picture Queen Elizabeth sitting around. And how are the clones coming along, Reginald? Excellent, Your Majesty. Donald Marshall should be fully formed within the hour. Delightful, Reginald. If you need me, I'll be in the laboratory experimenting with the new cloning process I was daydreaming about over tea this morning. I might quite like to make a pterodactyl tomorrow, or perhaps make a new Gerard Butler. I quite like him. Yes, of course, Your Majesty. Uh, both excellent choices, Your Majesty. Uh, when Marshall was born, the original Marshall, not clone Marshall, he says his family was already living in a cloning center. According to him, his mother, Catherine McMahon, sold OG Donnie into sex and torture slavery when she remarried a man named Gordon Cahoon. Fucking Gordon. Worst stepdad ever. Oh, you thought you had a bad? When your stepdad yelled at you or hit you? Well, did your stepdad sell you to an Illuminati cloning station? Right? To be sexually assaulted at the request of Queen Elizabeth? No, then shut the fuck up! Gordon's family was apparently in the Illuminati. His brothers Tom and Tony, as well as his sisters Darlene and Bernadette. Now, after his mother's marriage, they're all living in some sort of clandestine Illuminati palace. Donnie Marshall's discussions of all this have been extensive. Donnie Marshall is the walking, talking, blogging heart of clone conspiracy dumb, the Q source. Nearly every clone-related conspiracy blog out there has discussed him or his tale. It's hard to find a video that makes mention of celebrity cloning without also mentioning something from the Donald Marshall canon. The basics of his obviously 100% indisputably true story go something like this. During his time at the cloning station, which be the entirety of Clone Marshall's whole you know, life, Clone Donnie discovers that the entire operation is run by a collective consisting of the Freemasons. Mm-hmm, of course, the Freemasons. A group called the Vril Society and also Scientologists. Should have known Tom Cruise was behind this somehow. That's how he can keep making his action movies as he gets older, right? There's probably five or six Tom Cruises out there. And they pick, you know, whatever clone is in the best shape for each new Mission Impossible movie. Makes perfect sense. Marshall says that members of the Illuminati which include all the G20 world leaders, typically meet in subterranean bunkers. They love to meet underground. Makes it easy to meet with their reptilian overlords, right? The Anunnaki cruise on over to meetings via high-speed trains that run along their lizard tunnels or, you know, you get it. In In these very same bunkers, according to Marshall, there is a highly lucrative network of celebrity cloning farms. God damn it. That, that's that's how we get here, you guys. That's how we get right here. Uh-huh. Yep. That's what you're hearing. Underground clone experiments equal this. God, poor Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman, excuse me. The cloning part of this operation didn't actually start until sometime after World War II, at which point Marshall explains in a Facebook post, the political people started bringing movie stars, musicians there to hang around with them. They can control who remembers the cloning facility and who will remain oblivious, even though not remembering still damages you. Huh. These dark wizards are so powerful that their sorcery is capable of easily wiping the memory of whoever 
Interesting. They would let clone Donnie keep running his fucking mouth about all this. Maybe his tinfoil hat keeps him from, uh, uh, keeps them from being able to scramble his uh, rock-solid noodle. Must be that. Donnie says that some of these clones are used, of course, for mere entertainment. You know, gladiator-style wrestling bouts, sexual perversions, Illuminati, ritual sacrifices, the huge. Back in 2011, you know, just Queen Elizabeth, probably Obama, Hillary Clinton, Tom Hanks, Bill Gates, etc., enjoying some underground clone fights. Donnie said that other clones are kept as precautionary measures should the clone's original ever need, like, a new liver. Makes sense. Somebody clearly watched the island. Donnie writes, They make replicated bodies of people to victimize in terrible ways. They clone children for men with underdeveloped penises to have sex with. Some very famous and politically powerful people are all getting together for a disgusting time. Oh, my God. Most of the G20 gather there to discuss worldly matters and watch gruesome things done to innocent people for sport. I have seen this firsthand and will tell all as it must be stopped. <laughs> I love the I love the underdeveloped penises part. <laughs> what? That was a weird detail. You know, they have, they have guys with little penis that are embarrassed and they can't have sex in the real world. So they go to the underground clone lab. To take their little peens and take them to the clone kids. <laughs> Clowney, uh, clone Donnie continues. His claims get weirder. He writes, it is basically a torture and child molesting factory. I was one of those children, but when I was young, to keep the perverts off me, I started singing songs, original songs, very good ones. They told me to keep making these songs and I wouldn't get hurt. And so I did. Then they started bringing me there every day for songs as the celebrities wanted more. They called me the goose that laid the golden eggs. The phenomenon, but I ran out of ideas. <laughs> then the torture began. Mm -hmm. They smashed my face to start with, just getting warmed up, smashing his face a bit, throwing me around, scarring me, a five, scaring me, excuse me, a five-year-old, never letting me remember in real life until I turned 30. That's weird that they like, don't let him remember it uh, at first, but then they let him, you know, remember later when he's, when he's 30. Okay. Uh, even if somehow his story could be believed up until this point, who is going to believe this in their right mind after this weird golden eggs, golden egg songwriter bullshit, right? He's saying that like at the age of five and younger, he's writing incredible songs for celebrities. He's a hit songwriter. That's what I take from this. At the age of five and under, every parent knows this is bullshit. Almost every kid in the history of kids has made up songs at the age of five and under. None of their parents have ever thought, parents who are sane at least, that other people would think that their songs are on par with like radio hits written by adults. Billions and billions of songs have been made up by small children. Literally not a single one of them has been good because little kids have little kid brains and capable of making up a song worthy of actually being heard on the radio by people who don't know their kids who would think like, oh, that's good. If little kids started writing all of our music, music would immediately become drastically less popular. My daughter Monroe used to make up all kinds of songs. Just stream of consciousness, you know, like uh, gibberish nonsense. You know, I'm sure I did the same thing when I was a little kid. I like puppies. There are puppies and I like them. I pet the puppy sometimes. If you can, you will. I love it. Can you see them? Puppies like to play with me. I could be a princess and you don't know. You don't know. You don't know what a puppy can do for you. Wish I had some mac and cheese. I like it. Wish my dad would make it for me. Hey, buy me a puppy for free. You're not going to hear anything better than that, written by a three or four-year-old. I actually tried to find one example of a good song written by somebody five or under on YouTube. Does not exist. Some don't totally suck, but those ones, you know, clearly 
helped out with the parent system helping out there, which they usually admit in the video description. Back to clone Donnie's credible claims. Uh, the torture worsened until I was being stabbed and burned and repeatedly sodomized. At age 30, they allowed me to remember these clone memories. Again, why would they allow you? And now every time I enter REM sleep, I am there. I don't have dreams, only clone memories. They made the movie The Island an inception about the subject. They think they're very sly and untouchable. I think Clonny or Clonny, Clone Donnie, Clonny, uh, has nightmares confused with memories. Why are the Illuminati doing all this? Well, I guess just because they're gross, Marshall explains. They have nothing to do but show off for each other in disgusting ways. They have no shame. It seems nothing embarrasses them. They sit there in the stands of an unused arena, smaller than a hockey rink, but can still sit between 300 and 400 people with dirt in the center where the ice would be. I don't think he understands what an arena means, right? Like a, like arena is generally like 10,000 plus. A small arena is still going to have more than 300 or 400, 400 people. I think he's thinking of like a conference room, like a hotel conference room. Anyway, Donnie continues, they have frightened clones of children go in into the middle to be victimized in bizarre and disgusting spectacles. Sometimes having animals like dogs have sex with them while a man holds the leash so it won't bite them on the back of the neck, which I've seen happen before. What? They all try to outdo each other in their levels of depravity. To be evil is cool to them. And Donald says the royal family is at the center of all this. And Putin, for good measure. The royal family of England. Yes, Queen Elizabeth, Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Charles are the worst of them. Unbelievable depraved perverts all showing off for their celebrities to go there. Elizabeth has the children call her illibit and does ungodly things to them. She sometimes fakes being nice to them and then is terrible to them, cutting them with swords while they scream. The decent people that are there against their will are afraid to say anything against them. Most have their children there as kind of hostage to be torn apart if they think of informing anyone. But as they have been torturing me terribly anyways, I'll tell all that Vladimir Putin loves to put the fear of torture and death into people but is essentially a cowardly pervert himself. And what a weird extra detail. Like they bring celebrities who don't even want to be there and just force them to watch and like kidnap their kids. Are you enjoying the show? Just Queen Elizabeth with a sword cutting on. Ah, you like this? Do you like this, Brad Pitt? The fuck? Again, uh, keep in mind that Queen Elizabeth was 85 years old when he's writing this. Not exactly easy for an 85-year-old torch people with a sword. I'm, I'm guessing there's not a, not a lot of small 85-year-old women with no history of athletic achievement who suddenly become very good with swords. Uh, apparently, too, in this place, if you torture a person's clone, the original will somehow feel it because magic and might even undergo actual physical damage because magic. Each new clone decreases your mental capacity as well. So, you know, the more clones that are made, the easier the person is to hurt or subdue. Uh, two of Queen Elizabeth's favorite pastimes. And again, I think of poor Corey Feldman. Again, that's Rockin' Revolution if you want to make sure and, you know, go listen to that on Spotify. Clone Donnie says the Illuminati in charge of this clone station even include friendly-seeming Canadians. CSIS, Canadian intelligence, are involved, including a lot of com uh, commissioners, the prime minister, uh, they do what Queen Elizabeth says, seem to follow her every whim without question. Doesn't matter who you are. If you have a cute child or a child with a money-making ability, like song-making, they will clone your child and molest them. It's a pedophile's paradise and must be stopped. I love how this idiot will just not let go of the song-making angle. Elizabeth secretly owns a few music companies, Universal and others, with bands under contract. She forces me, while under knife, to compose music for them. If I can't, she will stab my clone, burn me, have her pervert thug smash my body. It's causing me some kind of heart damage and severe debilitating headaches. Um, that might be the tumor that's clearly affecting your thinking. 
Uh, Jesus Christ. Now the Queen of England is obsessed with making clones kick out songs. How many fucking songs do these people need? And I guess this is OG Donnie here. It's hard to keep track of his crazy. It's uh, clone Donnie I thought was getting stabbed early, not OG Donnie. So I guess when he's talking about clone Donnie being hurt and he'll talk a lot about that, he, he's talking about clone Donnie. Other times he's talking about OG Donnie, maybe. Maybe maybe they all took turns writing this post, just a room full of scared Donnies trying to get the word out. The Canadians team Donnie writes actually seem to be some of the worst bad guys in this. Another deplorable thing they did in real life, the Canadian government was trying to lower the amount of prostitutes on the streets. Elizabeth hates prostitutes. So they had a man named Robert Picton start killing them, feeding them to pigs on his pig farm. They had a camera set up in the upper corner of a room in his house, recorded him hitting them in the head with a hammer, a ball-peen hammer. They took the recordings and all watched them at the cloning station. Elizabeth loves it. She has a macabre fascination with death. Prime Minister Stephen Harper knows all about it, has seen the recordings, and cheers! If Mr. Picton ever says something about them or the recordings, they will make him have a heart attack or aneurysm. This is too good. I did not expect this subject to tie back to the previous subject of old Bobby Willie. Bobby Willie? Bobby Willie? Why the Queen of England come to watch it with a hammer, Bobby Willie? Why are you making Illuminati snuff films, Bobby Willie? Uh, Marshall says that while most celebrities did not help him, <laughs> ah, this is like a weird fucking Mad Libs. Uh, original king of comedy, <laughs> Bernie Mac, did try to help him. This is all feels like unmedicated schizophrenia. Uh, Clone Donnie writes, one good person, <laughs> I don't know why this is so funny to me right now. One good person there, Bernie Mac, comedian and actor, tried to stand up for me, <laughs> saying it's not right to do this to a human being. He tried to have others join him in speaking out against the clone torture. Then Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip had him tortured so badly. There is an example of their power. He actually had an aneurysm the next day and died. So that's what happened to Bernie Mac. Here I thought that the last four years of his life, he had a heavily documented serious health problem uh, that caused him to have to take breaks and filming a variety of projects. You know, I thought he publicly said he had a rare lung disease and then died from pneumonia at the young age of 50. And the pneumonia was brought on by this lung disease. No, uh-uh, aneurysm. Because he asked Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip to stop torturing their hit songwriter, Donnie Marshall. Remember those glowing book reviews I read at the start of this episode? They were about this kind of shit. It's unbelievable. Clone Donnie or OG Donnie or Team Donnie, whatever continues. No one will speak up. They're all afraid of suffering the same fate now. <laughs> all it will take is a few lie detector tests. I will volunteer for them. They cover up for themselves so carefully that it'll be the only way. Right, this, these fucking black magic motherfuckers can be taken down with a lie detector test. Okay, I know of many non-famous people that could be given a lie detector test to prove this. When it comes to the sexual exploitation of a child, lie detectors are admissible in Canadian courts. I need decent people with integrity to speak about this filthy business to tell who is involved. And who is involved? Well, not Fifi Dobson and Kurt Russell. Some more random cameos here in this fucking weird Mad Lib. Clone Donnie <laughs> says that Fifi Dobson and Kurt Russell told me specifically to include in my letter that they don't like the place and they did not torture me. Love these random references. And I love I love Fifi Dobson. I used to have a huge crush on her. She's a weird good guy in all this though. She probably could have used some clone kid to write some new songs for her, right? She hadn't had a hit since 2003. Maybe standing up for Mar maybe standing up for Marshall's why she got shafted by the music industry and her sophomore album was held up in fucking record label hell for almost a decade. And Kurt Russell, Wyatt Earp from Tombstone? Mr. Goldie Hawn? I mean, he has always seemed like a great guy. Maybe that's why Marshall gives him a good guy role in this ridiculous fever dream of his. Uh, <laughs> next, he goes after Mila Kunis. <laughs> she is not a good guy. Holy shit. He writes, and, <laughs> and Mila Kunis, actors from that 70s show, recently stabbed me a bunch of times while, <laughs> while I was rendered immobile 
for saying that she's a slimy scumbag for hanging with these people and for saying she has enormous eyeballs and looks like a lemur. <laughs> then she begged me to not mention her. What the fuck? It's, just imagine the scene playing out for a second. Ah, uh, imagine Jackie Burkhardt on that Saturday show. Just stabbing Donnie in a clone factory for saying that she looks like a lemur. Fuck you, Donnie! Lemur? You think I look like a lemur? Step, step, step. Enormous eyeballs? Step, step. Now, please don't write about me in your book. Clone Donnie gets into it with Madonna as well. He says, I told Madonna that I was going to tell everyone what she used to do to me for songs. Because he's, he's written Madonna's all her songs. Like a virgin? No. That's not Madonna. That's Clone Donnie. She told me very specifically to say in my letter here, she is not afraid. No one will believe me. Nothing will come. I just picture Madonna fucking walking up to clone Donnie's cell. Go ahead. Tell, tell everyone. Tell everyone that you wrote like a virgin. No one will care, Donnie. Uh, according to Donnie, uh, so many other celebrities are in on it. John Benet Ramsey. What? Whose name he misspells? Casey Anthony. <laughs> These aren't even celebrities. I mean, not in a like actress, musician sense. Casey Anthony's daughter. Fuck. Her parents, Steven Spielberg, uh, George Lucas, Hayden Christensen, Natalie Portman, Barack and Michelle Obama. They're all either people torturing clones or they have been cloned or frankly, it's hard to keep track of. Uh, he manages to weave in Princess Diana's death into a story. Also, Elizabeth had Princess Diana Spencer killed by having someone shine the brightest light known to mankind through the window side onto the car. They swerved away from it, hit the divider. It was no paparazzi. Diana survived, though, and while either on the way to or in the hospital, was injected with a high concentration of salt, which is nearly undetectable, and died. She did this because Diana was going to marry an Arab. Diana hated them, knew about the cloning stuff, wanted nothing to do with it, but was afraid of being killed, so said nothing. I know this, and many more things I will be more than happy to tell. Uh, what a weird way for a super powerful organization capable of powerful black magic, as we established earlier, to kill someone. By shining a super bright light into the driver's side window of the car. Doesn't seem like that would be like highly effective. Like I doubt many professional drivers when they get a light shine into their eyes just suddenly fucking jerk the steering wheel and slam into something. I'm guessing they take their foot off the gas maybe or maybe just drop the visor down. Uh, also seems like something other drivers would have you know noticed. Uh, apparently Marshall's holders caught on to this attempt uh, of his in 2011 to expose them by posting all these definite facts and as punishment, they sent to have him uh, kind of tortured with some weird surgery stuff. This is very odd. Uh, I need to set the, this ramble to some mood music. He writes, Halfway through making this document, they brought me there, introduced me to a man named Troy Landry. He is an alligator trapper from Louisiana on the TV program Swamp People. <laughs> He said if I sent this letter out, he would take a power drill to my shin bone and suck the marrow from my bones, kind of like a spinal tap, one of the worst things you can do to a clone besides burning. Hello. I said the letter will be going out, Troy. I have to escape this place. And so he did just that. It was excruciatingly painful. Everyone just watched, slack-jawed in the crowd. Troy Landry is an insatiable child molester. And this is his words. And an extra retarded clone. <laughs> In Louisiana, when he sees a young boy he likes, he asks his name, tells him he's an alligator hunter, shakes hands. <laughs> then asks his pedophile friends at the local cloning station to find the boy's blood records to clone him. Months later, there are multiple identical boys grown for Troy Landry to victimize before a crowd of onlookers. What the fuck? 
<laughs> Marshall, Donnie, clearly not a big fan of Troy Landry from Swamp People. Crazy that one of the many cast members from that show, a guy who actually is not that famous. This is not Tom Cruise we're talking about. Uh, crazy that he has that much Illuminati power. And weird that instead of just killing Marshall for, you know, for talking and, and uh, <laughs> all this stuff, they just, they just torture him a bit and then just, you know, release him and let him have his memories. Let him post about all this. Marshall's novel continues. They do all of this. It's just a way of life to them. They consider themselves the pri privileged people in the World Power Organization. Nearly everyone on the Swamp People show go to the cloning stations. I love that he considers the cast of Swamp People to be like amongst the global elite. Has he ever watched that show? Uh, privileged people? Not a word I would, I would use to describe any of the Swamp People. Uh, he says, after doing this, Shinbone spinal tap. He asked me again, will I send the letter out? I said yes. He said he'll do the same thing to my pelvic bone every day. It's worse. I said, I have no choice, Troy. And so he did, and it is worse. You forget your own name, where you are. All you know is pain. You beg God to save you from it. Then Donnie explains why they didn't just kill him. And let's change the music now. Let's see how this sounds with a very different vibe. You may ask. Why won't they just kill me before I send this document everywhere? It's because I've done so much since uh, age five. No one wants to be responsible for my death. They said I'm the new age Jesus, <laughs> which I'm not. Uh, they said I'm the Antichrist. Also the Jewish people there. There are more of them than anyone else. Uh, called me the Jewish Messiah, which I'm not. Now everyday rich people go there to meet me and smash me or stab me for some gruesome fetish reason, it seems. While the rest watch in the stands, it's the worst nightmare situation I've ever heard of. And it's happening to me. They get others too. But they're just used as sex slaves. They won't talk about it. I get tortured anyway. I have nothing to lose by telling everyone about it. Not only am I tortured into making songs for nearly everyone. Uh, you know, they wanted me to give them video ideas, movie ideas, video game ideas. They want me to think of all kinds of stuff for them. Jewish people think I'm something religious and won't leave me alone. They torture animals too. The more the animal screams, the more their God Yahweh supposedly likes it, which I find ridiculous. I've written to the Human Rights Board. They haven't responded. I went to the police and they threw me into a mental hospital for 23 days for evaluation. That's the first thing Donnie said that I tend to believe, that he was forced to go into a mental hospital for psychiatric observation. Uh, also, <laughs> also love that he claims that he's super invaluable and that's why he can't be killed, but apparently they'll let fucking anyone who looks at this guy just stab him as much as they want, right? Very stab happy here. Uh, they must have very careful instructions for you know uh, these people as far as like where they, they stab him. You know, can you stab Donald? Of course you can. He's very annoying. I stabbed him twice this morning, but you can't stab him in the neck, head, heart, or other vital organs. You can stab him in his arms, legs. You can stab him in his, his wing all day. Uh, the saga continues. I kind of like this uh, more recent music. I was released with a clear bill of mental health. I doubt that. Uh, they continue to torture me. Talk to me about absurd subjects. They've run out of things to talk about. Even talked about the difference between Pop-Tarts and Toaster Strudel. <laughs> and which is better and why? There's nothing to do there besides sex and fighting and torturing other victims. I really did not expect Pop-Tarts and Toaster Strudels to show up with this fucking Mad Lib. They've offered me clone slaves to keep me quiet. Any of the prettiest women I've ever seen, any girl from the high school, even children. Now I did the right thing, I spit in their faces. I jam my fingers into their eyes. But they have some way of turning off their pain receptors there. Not much will hurt them other than getting dirt or vomit in a wound or bleeding out too much. It only costs them time and money to grow new bodies. <laughs> I started smearing excrement in their faces. I've never handled feces in my real life before, but I do this here, and it doesn't deter them. Just when I think he's hit peak crazy, he kicks it up another notch. What the fuck is going on in this cloning facility? It seems very poorly managed. 
right? They have Mila Kunis stabbing this guy. They got Queen Elizabeth stabbing him. Bunch of people sodomizing him. <laughs> One of the fucking swamp people drilling into his shin. They're just, you know, they're really having their way with him whenever they want. But also somehow he can poke guards in the eyes left and right and spit on people and throw literal shit on people when he wants. He's writing hit songs one minute. He's being the stabbing version of a human punching bag. The next, he's being a fucking flinging shit monkey. The next, oh my God, it's so crazy here. Speaking of crazy, did I mention that Donnie wrote all the right moves for One Republic? Oh, hell yeah. That is all Donnie Marshall. That's 100% clone Donnie. Or maybe OG Donnie or Team Team Donnie, Donster. Uh, let this clone clown tell you all about it. He uh, he continues with, I made a song for One Republic referring to it called All, all the Right Moves. The lyrics say, all the right friends, and all the right places, all the right moves, and all the right faces. I made so many songs, it's ridiculous. Rock, pop, rap, country. There are so many people involved in it. It's staggering. The organization is vast. The... <laughs> The only thing they fear is nuclear war, the new and improved lie detector test, and this letter. Oh my God, that made me laugh out loud. When I first read it, it made me laugh out loud again. <laughs> the Illuminati fears three things, and only three things, you guys. Atomic bombs, that's one. Two, a new improved lie detector test. And three, Donnie Marshall's letter. I'm surprised he didn't somehow sneak Pop-Tarts in there somewhere. Uh, there is no new improved lie detector test, by the way. Oh God. Uh, he continues, this rant is almost over, I uh, I promise. For those of you thinking Queen Elizabeth looks like a kindly little old lady, and this can't be true, you couldn't be more wrong. She's the worst human being I've ever seen or heard of. It's so sad to see these women and children brought here, sitting in the center, dirt naked, afraid, crying, raped, beaten for sport of the rich and famous. I, of course, can't bring myself to be a part of it. When Donnie told him he wasn't going to stand for all this bullshit anymore, he said they told him the following. Donnie, we are all powerful. If we can do this and nothing comes of it, how are you going to be able to get us? You are our slave, and the people here won't speak up for you for fear of torture and death. Now go make us a new song or we'll gut you like a fish and leave you to writhe in agony. I swear those are his words. <laughs> ah, now go write us a new hit song, you genius. Always with the songs, Donnie is. Finally, <laughs> he implores people, do not waste this knowledge I am going through a man-made living hell for this. It is my only hope. This is all caps now. He's serious. And the only hope of many people in prison there. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Uh, you know, as, all you, as, as, as you know, I'm sure, if you really want to keep someone under your thumb, you just have to, you just have to kill the original copy. Uh, clones are notoriously obedient, which apparently comes in handy when you need them to, you know, churn out hit single after hit single. What is happening here? Uh, if you still haven't heard enough about what Donald thinks about, uh, about, you know, uh, you can buy one of his books from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has four, the last released in 2017 and an author page. <laughs> uh, let me put the most appropriate music yet uh, behind me reading about this clown. This page is written in support and on behalf of Donald Marshall. There's no way this wasn't written by Donnie. Donald Marshall is a whistleblower who has exposed the highest level Illuminati secrets and knowledge to the world, for which the most relevant information on high level Illuminati secrets can be found via his Facebook page. 
starting from March 2012 to December 2015. He continues to expose the Illuminati and factions of the Illuminati, which include Freemasonry, Scientology, the Vril Society, 32nd degree Freemasonry knowledge involving REM rapid eye movement sleep, driven human cloning, and 33 degree Freemasonry knowledge and high level Scientology knowledge. 33rd degree. Involving the prehistoric subterranean species named Vril. Donald Marshall continues to expose the true nature of the Illuminati, whereby heads of states, high-ranking members of governments, royalty, celebrities, politicians, and the wealthiest men and women on this planet meet as REM-sleep-driven human clone versions of themselves, activated via the process of consciousness transfer from the original bodies to their REM-driven human clone alternatives. Whenever these people sleep, and as a result, REM slip He's really into the REM on this. He, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because he won't shut the fuck up about the REM. He also continues to expose the subterranean troglodytes, for which their biological property, the proboscis, the proboscis, has been used to parasite human brains and turn humans and human consciousness into human hosts, whereby the lizard consciousness dominates the human body. It's like a fucking QAnon post. Donald Marshall's exposure on the Vril reptilian conspiracy has debunked many myths, such as, for example, whether Vril are mystical or magical shapeshift or are coming race. Donald Marshall has exposed many species of aliens and the technological capabilities of these aliens living among us. Many human attendees of the cloning center visiting the cloning centers via REM-driven human cloning technology. Okay, now he won't shut the fuck up about REM for a while again. He's mainly active on his Facebook page, whereby the most important information regarding high-level Illuminati secrets have been exposed by Marshall. Yep, again, the 2012-2015. Okay, so it just goes on for a long time. Uh, and then he talks about uh, how he's, you know, uh, written all the music. Marshall composed many, many of the world's most favorite songs for which he has been heavily plagiarized by world-renowned popular music musicians as well as the ringleaders of the Illuminati. You know, he's written all the good music. And then uh, the very last paragraph of his bio reads, Although Donald Marshall's primary objective, primary objective in life is to fully expose the Illuminati. I fucking love this. He also, <laughs> he also enjoys baseball. He is an intermediate to advanced level swordsman. His most preferred sword is the katana. His favorite choice of beer is Alexander Keith's India Pale Ale. And he lives in Canada. Well, who the, what the fuck? He mostly wanted to expose the Illuminati and their cloning and the aliens and whatnot. But, you know, he likes baseball. And he likes a good, uh, you know, pale ale and swords. <laughs> Despite all of his songwriting claims, do you know that you can't find uh, one video online of this guy singing a song? Isn't that crazy? The greatest hit maker the world has ever known. And, you know, he can't let us hear a single song. Oh, boy. But I will play a few seconds of him ranting about, of course, clones. Oh, and alien abductions. Let me tell you something. They videotape alien abductions. They set up alien abductions with Hollywood makeup and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, not all of them. I can't say all of them. Some of them might be real, for all I know. But I've seen the set. Mm -hmm. It's a really crappy-looking saucer. You just walk up a ramp into it. They never see the outside of it. But uh, they clone people, right? And then activate mm -hmm. them when they're okay. on a slab strapped down. Now someone it. goes in with a, a, a gray mask, with, and the mask is made of chicken skin, okay? Just to give it that okay. aspect of realism. Um, sure. Dyed gray, chicken skin, so it'll look real. And does it look real? Stretched hmm. over a mask, right? And they have the mask on. They go in and have sex with the people. Oh, um, okay. And they videotape it oh. and the people's faces to see their reactions and stuff. Huh. Uh, it's the government and celebrities doing this. To wow. Uh, this guy. This uh, <laughs> this this is the main source of celebrity, celebrity cloning conspiracies. 
I, I wanted to play the idiots of the internet sounder at various points during today's suck, but uh, there was no room for the idiots of the internet segment because basically half of this episode is the idiots of the internet. Despite all the craziness you've heard, yeah, people actually buy this. Check, check out some more five-star ratings of his of his book. Or actually, I guess I just picked one here for the end since we did some earlier. Uh, here is somebody writing, he's not insane. These are true facts. The Illuminati are pedophiles. Their powers are waning via law of cause and effect. I am an RH negative, and these buffoons are using microwave lasers and satanic ritual abuse to attempt to manipulate me since I had a spiritual awakening. They're trying to clone starseed DNA, which are RH negatives. This man isn't lying. I've known that I have cosmic alien DNA that originated in Orion. It's of Pleiadian and Atlantean origins. They are puppets to the Anunnaki aliens. I am part of the original Orion race with my origins of existence. Much of the negative alien races have actually used Orions and manipulated them for their tremendous power and wisdom. What the fuck? Oh, meet you. These are the kind of people who believe in clone conspiracies. One final date, and then we are out of this crazy timeline. We're done with Donnie. On January 24, 2018, for the first time, scientists say they created cloning, cloned primates using the same complicated cloning technique that made Dolly the sheep in 1996. Shanghai scientists created two genetically identical long-tailed macaques, ZZ and HH. Their research is published in the journal Cell. And I'm sure that's going to lead to all kinds of extra wackadoodles going bananas about all of this. Good job, soldier. You've made it back. Barely. So how close are we truly to cloning humans, according to people who, unlike Donnie Marshall and those who believe his weird horseshit, actually do understand cloning? I will tell you right after one final sponsor. Today's Time Suck is brought to you by Todd's Clone Shack. Good news, clone lovers. Todd has struck out on his own. No more being Dr. Bridget's clone bitch. He's got a brand new lab. It's in the Baylor Biotech Medical Plaza right off the old Spanish Trail Highway in Houston, Texas. Look for the maintenance shed behind the main building and then keep walking until you reach a small shack at the edge of the property. That's where you'll find Todd. Tirelessly working on clones by himself seven days a week, 12 hours a day. Call 1-800-MY-CLONE to get a hold of Todd. If he doesn't answer, he's probably cloning. Todd can take care of all your clone needs. He's got beakers, a lab coat, a master's degree in sociology or something, a bachelor's degree in criminal justice, I'm pretty sure. He's got notebooks, petri dishes, animal parts, a mini fridge, and some kind of thing you bought at a Star Trek convention he's calling a clone tank. So call, make an appointment, and have yourself cloned. Or clone your kid. Or Corey Feldman again. Avril Lavigne, Donnie Marshall, whomever. Todd's Clone Shack. If it's got bones, he'll try and make clones. Uh, best of luck if you choose to work with Todd. I've heard he's a real nice guy. Not great at making clones, but fun to talk to. So how close are we to truly, cl uh, truly cloning humans? According to a 2014 interview with Jeffrey Kahn, the Levi Professor of Bioethics and Public Policy at John Hopkins Berman Institute of Bioethics, we are close. Khan said, we're effectively as far up the ladder of using animal models as one can go. Oregon Health and Science University has cloned non-human primates. That leaves only humans. According to several recent articles, we could do it right now if it wasn't for, you know, laws against it and ethical concerns. The question is no longer could we, it is should we. To bring those two baby monkeys to life in 2018 required multiple surrogates, hundreds of eggs, numerous pregnancies. Most of them failed. In total, 63 surrogates were used, resulting in nearly 30 pregnancies and four births, of which ZZ and HH were only the only ostensibly healthy offspring. Two other baby monkeys resulted from the procedure, died within two days of their birth. Uh, you couldn't think about doing that kind of human exper experimentation, 
says Marcy Darnovsky, PhD, the executive director at the Center for, Genetic, for Genetics and Society. Well, you know, that doesn't mean some mad scientist uh, wouldn't just go ahead and do it. Uh, right now, there, I mean, there's no really good reason to fully clone a human being. In pop culture and sci-fi, cloning is used to bring, bring people back from the dead, but that's not how it actually works as we've gone over. Best case, cloning someone would just create a twin, not a replica. Identical twins have the same genetics, but their own personalities and their own slightly different looks, you know, due to minute genetic replication errors. And since you have, you know, they have different life experiences, you know, the, the clone of you would not think like you. And in one of the many scenarios uh, Marshall claims existed, you know, where organs are harvested from clones to save the rich, that just doesn't make any sense either. That's just so unnecessary because why clone an entire person when you can just make the part you need? Therapeutic cloning can do that. Like we covered earlier, therapeutic cloning is almost identical to reproductive cloning, except the cloned embryo is never implanted in a uterus. Instead, the embryo is cloned for the sole purpose of extracting stem cells, and stem cells have the incredible ability to turn into any other cell in the human body, which means they're great for developing new disease or treatments for diseases, have the potential to repair or regenerate a variety of tissues and organs. You know, you can just grow the kidney, not grow an entire clone who you then fucking torture and cut the poor bastard's kidney out. Like, the, like what would happen in a sci-fi movie. Finally, in the conspiracy sense, you know, cloning full adult human beings, you know, happens in a, in a matter of days or hours, you know, in these kind of movies. That is likely always going to be impossible. I mean, science currently has no understanding of how the fuck would you even begin to make that possible? There's currently no known way to create a fully grown living organism, like a thousand times, 10,000 times, 100,000 times, whatever faster than normal. This isn't upgrading a new computer we're talking about or building a faster engine for a car. I mean, you really think about this, what, a, what an incredibly strange concept to create something that just pops into existence as a fully adult organism. Or equally strange, to create something that grows through childhood at an unbelievably sped up rate, like in one of those weird sci-fi tanks. Then the rate somehow slows down to normal once it reaches the desired age. Scientists have figured out how to make uh, new varieties of crops that can grow faster, but uh, you know they don't grow really fast, then slow down their growth rate when they're adult. It's just, that's a big difference. And even if you could make a full-grown clone of yourself, it wouldn't really be you without your thoughts and experiences, would it? Without those formative moments, the clone would still think and act differently. They might grow up to be very similar to you, even if they were grown up super fast, but likely act more like a sibling or a cousin than an exact clone. Simple fact of the matter is we're more than, you know, our genes. In order to clone ourselves and the people around us in the ways depicted in pop culture, the approach would need to be very different. We would have to approach the process of cloning, not from a genetic angle, but from a molecular level. A person would legitimately have to be recreated by every molecule to have the chance of being a direct replica of you as you are today. Every memory recreated on a cellular level. We have no fucking idea how to do something like that yet. Nearly everything about that idea is still very much science fiction. So humans cannot be cloned the way that Donnie Marshall makes it seem like humans can be cloned. I don't think. But then sometimes I go back and I listen to some Corey Feldman and I do wonder, what is happening here? What is going on with this guy? Let's listen to some lyrics. Huh? What is this? What even is this? Uh, oh boy. Uh, but JK, now even with Corey Feldman, I don't question it. These celebrities you see are the same people they've always been, just altered by age and life experiences. Do they act, you know, differently from time to time? Yeah, we all do. Do they look differently as they age? Of course, more than the average person in some ways. They have access to cosmetic surgery most of us can't afford. They, they face more societal pressure than the average person to actually go out and have cosmetic procedures done. Maybe sometimes those surgeries leave them looking a little bit, uh, a little bit clony. Let's head now to today's top five takeaways. Time suck. Top five takeaways. 
Number one, scientists still have not cloned an adult human. It's unknown whether or not they'll try to do so. Probably they will. Someone's bound to eventually try it, aren't they? Probably soon. The decision comes with a lot of ethical baggage, including questions about the original person versus the clone person, <laughs> the copy's rights. What kind of scientific experimentation is ethical? Basically what it means to be an individual. Another development to look forward to. One that could possibly shake the foundation of some of our ideas about ourselves as meat sacks. So that's fun. Uh, number two, many celebrities have at one time or another been accused of being clones. People claim to see these clones looking different than their original counterparts, you know, or malfunctioning supposedly. They even include references to their alleged cloning in their music or writing sometimes that people read into. And these people are as sane as Donnie Marshall. Speaking of Donnie. Number three, Donnie Marshall claimed on Facebook in 2011 to have been the victim of horrific abuse in some kind of secret Illuminati facility perpetuated by many people, including Queen Elizabeth and Mila Kunis. Then he wrote some books about it and you can read it on Amazon. He also claims to have written so many songs since before he even turned five years old, including a hit One Republic song and basically all the hits. You know, because uh, one of the one of the points of clones is to have them keep churning out popular music. He, he claims a lot of stuff. Pretty sure none of it is true, especially the Queen Elizabeth, the swords, swordsmith shit. Number four, Raelians. So fucking weird. A Raelian offshoot business named CloneAid who would claim to clone a baby girl named Eve and a bunch more babies in 2002, 2003 did not do that. Their cloning program only had two employees and only one worked in the cloning lab. Some confused grad student. Poor Todd. Number five, new info. Did you know that we eat clones every day? Not like human clones, but we do eat some clones. We eat uh, fruit from plant clones all the time in the form of bananas, grafted fruits. We've been cloning plants for decades, except that we refer to it as vegetative propagation. It takes about 30 years to breed a banana from seed. So to speed the process of getting fruit to market, most bananas, potatoes, apples, grapes, pears, peaches, grown from clones. My God, I may have fucked a clone in a grocery store bathroom back in 1994. If you get that reference, well, thank you. Time suck. Top five takeaways. Celebrity clone conspiracies has been sucked. So glad I was introduced to the extremely warped mind of Donnie Marshall. Also glad I actually learned some stuff about the science and history of real cloning. Uh, thank you to the Bad Magic Productions team for all the help in making Time Suck every week. Queen of Bad Magic, Lindsay Cummins, Reverend Dr. Joe Paisley. Sophie, the fact sorceress Evans for running point on this week's research. Bit Elixir for continuously refining the Time Suck app. Logan, the art warlock, Keith, running badmagicmerch.com, the visual artist for all things bad magic, and then Liz, the enchantress Hernandez, working on our socials. Liz runs our Cult of the Curious Facebook private page, currently Cult of the Curious 2, along with her wonderful all-seeing eyes moderators. Thanks for helping curate an awesome online community, you uh, wonderful all-seeing eyes. Thanks also to Beefsteak and the Mod Squad running Discord. Uh, you can link to the Time Suck Discord group through the Time Suck app. Next week, really changing things up again. After talking about Queen Elizabeth, and all her Illuminati maneuvering this week and Lady Di. Let's actually suck Diana, the Princess of Wales, next week. Let's learn a bit about Queen Elizabeth and the British royal family conspiracists and so many others love to obsess over. Let's get gossipy. Why did the tabloids love Lady Di? Why do the tabloids still love the royal family so much? Why was the public of so many nations obsessed with Lady Diana for so long? Who was Diana, Princess of Wales? How did she become a possible future queen? And why did she walk away from that? Why do so many think the royal family had her killed? Did the royal family have her killed? We'll look into, you know, various conspiracies again. So much more next week on a very, very posh and royal edition of Time Suck. And now let's head on over to this week's Time Sucker updates. Updates. Get your Time Sucker updates. First update, a uh, cult update from ways back. A Children of God update of sorts from former cult member, current kick-ass sack. Hello, Lord Suckmaster and everyone at Time Suck. 
I just wanted to say as someone born in the Children of God cult, your episode was accurate and well-researched. I want to remain anonymous, but also wanted to say that in talking about cults, it's important to me that people don't just listen vicariously to others' pain. Some of the listeners you have will work in healthcare, and if you would consider mentioning to them that you will have patients who grew up in cults, they usually won't tell anyone this. It's a scary thing to disclose. We often don't have the words to explain what happened to us. We are traumatized. There are signs that you can pick up on. Please educate yourself about this and advocate for creating a healthcare pathway for us. As many of us do not get adequate care as practitioners, don't know what to do or, you know, who to send us to for help. Uh, you know, thanks for the podcast, which has been a great distraction during lockdown. Keep on sucking. Well, anonymous sack. Thank you. Uh, uh, happy the cult of the curious has been a great distraction during lockdown. Also happy you got out of a dangerous cult. Sorry you were born into that insanity. Uh, regarding cult recovery services, yes, there are thankfully many that healthcare providers and others can look towards. Uh, one is based in Colorado, has links to resources anyone can use. It's called cultrecover.com. Just one word, cultrecover.com. Uh, it links uh, you know, to physician resources to help healthcare workers understand how to help someone recovering from cult abuse. There's a contact form, but the website's a little older looking. I'm not sure who will be replying. Just a good place to start for well-sourced info. Then there's culteducation.com. They have a great directory of therapists who specialize in cult deprogramming in a variety of states in the U.S. and in several other countries. There's also familiesagainstcultteachings.org. They have an active Facebook page, links to lots of resources, a phone number to call for help, email address, etc. They seem like a good place to be able to reach out and talk to someone. If you're hearing this and you think you might be in a cult but are uh, you know not sure, please also you can go to cult-escape.com. They have a cult test there. So hail Nimrod, good luck. Links to all of these are in the show notes and the show notes are available uh, you know, with every episode in the Time Suck app. They don't, uh, we can't create links the same way in uh, a variety of third-party players. But if you're really interested in this, you can go to, you know, download the Time Suck app, go to this episode, go to the little dots in the top right-hand corner, at least on that's on my phone, how it looks. You press options, there's, you know, download the show notes, download them. Then there's, you know, clickable links in the PDF. Uh, next up, some heart and some laughs from super sucker Christopher Sarver, who writes, Hello, Suckmaster General, Albert Fish, peanut butt butter approver, and Chicken Teal's wrestling coach. I've been a big fan of your comedy for years, a sucker for a while, and a newly hatched space lizard. Thank you. Uh, just writing to thank you and the Bad Magic team for amazing shows born from those brilliant minds. I'm thankful for your videos, which helped me not only get through the long nights of working, but also while on long drives or playing games. Ah, oh, thank you. I'm a 23-year-old meat sack who lost her dad when I was nine. It had some obvious effects on me. And for many years after, when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I would escape through comedy. I was always happy to hear your soothing voice come over, whether it be about slinging spoons or waking up bears that helped when I was in some dark places. I thought to give time like a chance, fell in love and listen almost every day on shuffle. After taking a two-year personal mental health vacation, I'm getting ready to make a big step in my life and move to Ohio. Two of my friends, one of which is like a sister to me, extended a great offer. So a little shout out to Foxy and CJ. Thanks for being great friends. Now, to finish up this long-ass email, I also introduced my mom to the suck with the BSU episode. Yeah, that behavioral, uh, or the behavioral, oh my God, I can't remember the own, my own acronym. Behavioral, behavioral science unit? Yeah, it's the FBI, serial killer unit. Uh, because she didn't want to listen to anything too graphic. She was doing great laughing along, being fascinated with some of the facts. Well, she was doing great right up until the interview with Mr. Fish. I completely forgot about this. And she sat there confused. And if you can't remember uh, listening right now, that's when I made up a interview that the BSU had with Albert Fish, who was you know long dead before they even were showing up and just said a bunch of horrible things. Uh, I completely forgot about this. She sat there confused when that sweet, creamy peanut butter was making its always appreciated cameo. She sat there just asking, what is he talking about? And after explaining Albert's particular taste and snacks, she sat there with her mouth wide open and I couldn't help but giggle. And then she said, okay, 
that's enough. <laughs> and we sat for a couple of minutes in silence. Anyway, sorry, not sorry for the long email. Keep doing what you do. It's a shit. I uh, wouldn't change a thing. Three out of five stars. Sincerely, a new member of the Space Lizard Army, Christopher. Well, thank you, Christopher. Oh, Mr. Fish. Mr. Fish is a good litmus test for uh, for this uh, uh, podcast. If you can handle fish, you can probably handle all the episodes. You know, but hot, hot apple cider, peanut butter, a lot of uh, fat, bare bottom spankings, too much for some, including some moms. Mother, why? Just pipe down. Let me have a look at that sexy windpipe. Uh, glad you're having fun. Life's getting better. Best of luck on this next exciting, uh, you know, stage of your personal journey. Now, new sucker Evelyn got Cummins lawed hard during what seems to be her first and possibly last episode of Time Suck. She writes, I was listening to the latest Time Suck episode at work, and we aren't allowed to have headphones in, but we are allowed to listen to our music through our phones. I figured, ah, a podcast couldn't be so bad. I'd already listened to about 75% of it, and it hadn't been vulgar. The first sentence I hear when I play it out loud is, nice try, wet pussy. Immediately turned it off and hung my head in shame. Yep, that was uh, that was the, uh, uh, the 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 Christian missionary training corps cult recent one there. Yes, Evelyn, uh, Time Suck is not to be shared mixed company. It's definitely more of a private affair. Definitely not a podcast that is going to be rewarded with a great job from very many human resource directors for listening to it at work. I hope you do do continue to listen. Just just alone now. I blame Lucifina entirely for what happened to you. Uh, next up, something short and sweet from grateful and thoughtful sucker Brandon Walker, who writes. Dan, I just wanted to say thank you. I listened to the Pop Award suck, and before it was even finished, I called my grandfather, had the opportunity to tell him how much I love him, how much I truly appreciated, how much he helped me when I was growing up. Then I got the news that my grandfather passed away early this morning. Thankfully, the last conversation I was able to have with him was a very loving one following the Pop Award episode. Since then, I've told every person when they mention their grandparents to do exactly that. Thank you. Well, thank you, Brandon. Man, you filled my heart up with that one. Good on you for actually doing that, not just thinking it. So glad you took the time to make sure your papa knew what he meant to you outside of food and shelter. Isn't that what we all really want, right? To know that our life matters, to know that we've helped, you know, been loved, appreciated. Hail Nimrod to you, sir. And last update this week from a sweet sack. Born and raised in a town I have shit on so many times, aggressively. The pride of Battle Mountain, Nevada. Blair Keller writes, Dear Stan, Slave of Lucifina, Prophet of Nimrod, and Poop Scooper for Bojangles. My husband got me started on the suck about a year ago, and I'm a devout follower of Nimrod now. With a new baby girl, sleep is hard to come by, but I choose the suck over sleep most days. Oh, thank you. I started at the beginning. I've been slowly working my way through the suck. Just finished the Chernobyl episode. Please tell me I'm not the only Suckington who heard you say toin toss instead of coin toss when you talked about walking through a door in a nuclear weapons plant. It says do not enter. I had to rewind the episode several times to figure out it was a new, if it was new mom's sleep deprivation or actual mushmouth that I was hearing. Mushmouth be damned. Anyways, thanks for reading. We look forward to seeing you in San Francisco in October. I bought my husband tickets to your show as an early birthday gift, which took him and his buddy all of 10 hours to figure out what we were going to do. Now we both own a plethora of Time Suck swag. Can't wait to wear it to the show with our fellow space lizards, your most humble space lizard by marriage, Blair. P.S. I was born and raised in Battle Mountain, Nevada, and would be curious for an explanation as to why you hate it so much. <laughs> Blair, first off, congrats on the baby. Second, thank you for listening, uh, supporting the, uh, the podcast, coming to a show. Third, I yeah, I'm sure I fucked those words up. I'm sure I probably said Twain Cost. Uh, and fourth, why have I been why have I been so unkind to Battle Mountain? Well, I've traveled around a ton. I've driven around literally every state in the U.S. over the years, doing shows, so many shows. You know, twenty years of stand up touring, and that touring did bring me through Battle Mountain one time. No show, just out there in between shows back around uh, two thousand two, two thousand three. And I just gotta say, it just stood out for having a pretty powerful mixture mixture of uh, not a lot to do city wise and not a lot to do outdoorsy wise. And it just seemed pretty beat up and rough. I heard that two thirds of the jobs had left the area when some mines shut down when I was traveling through there. 
And I'm just, I'm not a big desert guy. Much of Northern Nevada, Southern Idaho, parts of Northwestern Utah, you know, uh, Eastern Oregon, very deserty and desolate. Battle Mountain specifically surrounded by very little, just uh, in the ways of civilization or vegetation. Also, you know, so there's not going to be not, not going to be many concerts. Uh, there's not really museums, movie theater, and you know, just not a lot of amenities, uh, scenic vistas. Uh, you know, a lot of the businesses were boarded up. I'm going to be honest. When I was there, it felt like the setting for a post-apocalyptic movie. But I did more research because I felt a little bad with your email, and I st- snooped around on Google Maps, and it does seem to have a nice Mexican restaurant. So I'm going to give some props to El Aguila Real and the Owl Club and Casino. Seems to have very nice pancakes based on some Yelp pictures. So it could be worse. Good tacos, good pancakes, and um, you know, probably, probably something else there that also as well. I'm glad, I'm glad you like it. And I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna sneak out these updates like like I snuck out of Battle Mountain, never to return, uh, many years ago. Thanks, time suckers. I needed that. We all did. Thanks for listening to another Bad Magic Productions podcast, Meat Sacks. Please do not tell anyone you've been the victim of an elaborate Illuminati cloning conspiracy this week because it's nonsense. Don't try to convince anyone. They're forcing you to write hit songs. Just either write hit songs because you want to and can, or if you can't, just keep on sucking. Silent screams. Hell yeah. Fucking revolution. You know what? I mean, God, if you listen to it enough, I think I can kind of see what he's doing there. It's actually really innovative. I mean, he, okay, okay. He's, yeah, no, he's got a good voice. <laughs> yeah, JK, it's fucking garbage. Please, Corey, stop. Stop. You're ruining your childhood movies for me. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.